Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, the Patreon premium episode where we answer your questions, talk about your topics, and read your responses. Yeah. And then at the end, being coy boys, we're going to announce what we're going to be covering in March. So not next month, it's but the March after next. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a heads up yeah. for folks. Uh, I was going to do that. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for picking up on my segue. Yeah. No. Uh, so uh, we're doing uh, so sometimes over on Bonfire Side Chat, the bonus show that we do about uh, the Dark Souls series. We occasionally do some stuff that is like Watch Out for Fireballs. Like last year we did Eco. Uh, over there because mm-hmm. that was an influence on the creator of dark souls um and this year actually in the run-up to elden ring we are going to be covering the original legend of zelda and as you're hearing that i think this episode comes out this weekend if you're listening yeah. to this on uh if you're listening to this on the uh, early feed yeah so if you uh if you are a patron at the five dollar level you're getting those episodes regardless mm-hmm. i understand if you're not a big fan of the dark souls games mm-hmm. but we've done quite a few non-dark souls games yeah over there there's crossover content and zelda one was something that i had uh as a vanity pick i wanted to do this year anyway yeah uh so this worked out really well mm-hmm. uh for this yeah and then uh the two episodes after that we're doing returnal which is a big yeah. uh a big marquee game that uh otherwise if we were not covering it there likely would have been covered here at some point at some point yeah. yeah. So, you know, especially if you're already a patron, you're already mm-hmm. paying for it. Yeah. You know, and you you want more stuff, you may as well grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the lines between the shows are blurred. And then we're, then we're going to get into Elden Ring. If you're not yeah. playing Elden Ring, that will have limited interest to you. Yeah. Then I would but, recommend uh, listening to Unfilmable. We're in a good run there. Yes. <laughs> There's always somewhere to go. There's always a backup plan. Oh. Um, let yeah. no one say that we don't make a lot of content. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, if we stop making content, we die. Yep we're sharks the yeah uh we are we are sharks if you look at you look at these two boys sharks fat beached sharks <laughs> not sunfish yeah yeah <laughs> uh let's uh let's answer some questions let's do uh i'll get us started here with uh with doug who says with pinocchio souls on the horizon <sighs> i forgot about pinocchio mm. souls um yeah. <laughs> geppetto's revenge if nobody had told me that game was Pinocchio, I think it would look cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it's Pinocchio, I hate it. Yeah. It's so stupid. <laughs> I just... Uh, anyway, could, could the, the, make... the little, little preview to my answer to Doug's question. <laughs> uh, I'll just uh, restart there because I lost... I had my, my soul left my body uh, four words in. Uh, with Pinocchio Souls on the Horizon and American McGee's Alice games, there seems to be a market for gritty versions of fairy tales and kids' media. Uh, is there such a property you think would make for a good adaptation? And what would that look like? I don't know because I don't. I, I think those are pretty gross. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, th- I, th- I think th- those feel like uh, those to me are the video game equivalent of uh, a uh, punk cover of Puff the Magic Dragon. Right. Yeah, that's a good comparison. 
and and I hate that stuff. <laughs> I, th- I think I think that kind of thing is just uh, feels like a really cheap irony. Yeah, it's like it's like when uh, when when a perfect circle covered Imagine, but they did it in minor key. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it's that kind of thing, and I just I find that stuff really uh, roll eyes. Yeah, uh, in a way that is you know, and if, if you dig it, you know, more power to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I just can't get over. You know the the my initial feeling of revulsion of <sighs> what if the three little bears, but they were really McFarland up. Bry ride with what what if they were full of human blood? Like there was no meat inside. There was no there was no bone. It was just bear blood. It was just sure. them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Let's get this screaming at George is, on the case. It's too twisted. This porridge <laughs> is just twisted enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this porridge is a twisted fire starter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> twisted is a, this porridge is a, a twisted ice starter. This porridge is just a medium starter. It's the one I want. <laughs> Uh, like i don't know that this would necessarily need to be darker but if it's what it takes to get what i'm going to describe then make it happen uh take humpty dumpty but then just like have that be a very superficial wrapper on a uh on a good incompetent home port of rampart oh sure yeah okay you're just uh in, in, instead of uh, so you know so, so you you you've got to uh build up your walls again right but also you gotta put, sure. you gotta use some of your time to put humpty back together and if Humpty is all yeah. broken, you know, then yeah. So that's my answer. I'm glad I'm not a human egg. <laughs> it would be pretty rough. It seems like it'd be really rough. Uh, according yeah. to according to certain uh, certain criminal uh, guidelines, your head is your your head is an egg. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, 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 the eggshell egg doctrine. Skull. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That that stuff's wild to me. <laughs> uh, so Phil uh, asks. In comparing Super Mario Brothers 3 to Super Mario World, you mentioned how the latter intrinsically motivates exploration as opposed to doing it through items. What are some of the ways you think that game designers have successfully cultivated motivation in you as gamers? In addition to Super Mario World rewarding exploration with more gameplay, thinking things like Dark Souls building its combat so there are multiple ways to succeed, Zelda and Super Metroid allowing the player to bump up against the impenetrable uh, to provide the motivation to find the thing, uh, or Breath of the Wild inspiring through the aesthetics of the world. I think those are all pretty all good, good examples. examples. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Souls would have been my answer to this. Um, I, I've said it before, but I think the painted world is one of my favorite things that has ever happened in games. Um, the confidence of putting your most masterfully designed uh, world as mm-hmm. a absolutely hidden secret. Yeah. That, that you know, most players will miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reward for doing it is doing it. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> that is uh, that is the best thing. Yeah. I think that you can do is just, uh, I want more level. Uh, hollow mm-hmm. Knight does a great job of that. Yep. No reason to go to the B zone. Nope. You know, uh, but you just do it because you want to see the bees and you want to check out the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple little power ups in there, but that's not really why you're doing it. No, no, you're going there to see it and you're going there to experience it. Yeah. You know, I think that all the examples that Phil gave end up, uh, ultimately coming down to the super Mario, super Mario world example, which is give mm-hmm. me, give me more, more game at the end of this, or give me a different way to experience this game. Um, yeah. you know, uh, unveil some mystery to me, pull this back and reveal that it is more generous, uh, than, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, than it is, you know, it was so like the, yes, a power up, you know, or like a new weapon or whatever, depending on what what it does, that could just be like a marginal upgrade. It may it may be like a new way to interact with enemies that you didn't think about before. You know, 
Um, sometimes, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes all, all that kind of stuff can happen. I think that all of it comes down to uh, give it, giving me, giving me more or making it feel like there's more by making stuff that I've already done feel different if I go do it again. Yes. And uh, stay tuned for the topic, uh, which we'll talk about kind of some of the dark side about that. I think the important thing is optionalness. Yes. You know, uh, it being something that you can opt into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vaping with dad says <laughs> I, good, love, good name. I love that uh says i've been listening to a podcast that's currently discussing final fantasy tactics and it got me thinking this game is great it's a shame that square never bothered to do anything with it ever again yeah triangle strategy could be fun but i can't imagine the story will be great are there other examples you can think of where a series experimented with the game, either with a spinoff or a mechanic within the game, uh, knocked it out of the park, and then promptly forgot about it? In addition, can you think of any other series where uh, the best game is a spinoff title? The best Dragon Quest game is Dragon Quest Rocket Slime. Agreed. There you go. <laughs> the the um, I think there's a pretty good argument that the best Pokemon game is the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, I, I you know I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> true, but as somebody who has fallen slowly out of love with the mainline games, uh huh, because uh, they're repetitive, I still think that card game is really fun. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, you, you know the th the thing is like you just you can just go away from that game for uh, years and years and years, and you can just return mm -hmm. to it because absence makes the heart grow fonder. As opposed to yeah. every year, there's a new Pokemon game out where you're constantly evaluating, oh, I think I should get that so I can be part of the conversation. And then remember the last five or six that you've bought pretty much since Pearl and Diamond. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, Which is not like really incremental done for upgrades you. to any of the mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they became playable over the course of, like, two decades. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I say this as somebody who has enjoyed several of the Pokemon entries and like, I generally like those weird little guys, mm -hmm. but I, I just, uh, yeah, they, the, uh, the tedium and the, the ease of use just trickling in is something I have less patience for Yeah, as an adult. Mm -hmm. It kills me that there are, um, rocket slime games that we have not played that just were never brought over here because yeah. that was such a wild, like that was just part of the exuberance of the early DS era. Spe so speaking of which, this is kind of related. Yeah, I realized that at one of the last PRGEs we went to, I bought um, a little repro cart of Ooh. a translated ROM of the Pokemon trading card game sequel. Oh, nice. That I've never played. <laughs> I gotta, Shit, dude. I gotta try that at some point. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it's a. Uh, it, um, in terms of like, you know, so those are the examples I can think of. I'm with you in terms of Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, I, I don't know whether Triangle Strategy uh, what that will be like. I can't imagine the story will be great because I don't trust Squaresoft's storytelling skills anymore. Right. Um, but I hope that triangle strategy isn't descriptive of the strategy, <laughs> which is which is really basic, you know, but if they're taking like a, I, I hate the weapon triangle. Yeah, they're doing thing. Fire Emblem um, advanced war kind of deal. Yeah. I hate that. I, I think it's really shallow and shitty mm -hmm. uh, and just, and just not, yeah, I don't I don't like that. I really hope they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that I can think of a better example than um than Final Fantasy Tactics. I know that's probably a bit of a cop out, but like, you know, a lot of this might just come down to, oh, you know, just there there are series that veered away from the you know, being the kind of game that I liked, and I wish they would go back to the one that I like, and that doesn't feel that doesn't feel oh. right. 
Uh, an example of a game that um, has a lot of those, uh, we talked about this, is Might and Magic. Because mm, yeah. the Might and Magic spinoffs are all pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they went off in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, Nathan N. asks, uh, you guys often say that people should put down a game if they're not having fun. Life is short, and there's so much variety out there to actually enjoy. However, I'm curious if either of you have examples where you've ignored your own advice, other than games for the show, and powered through a game you're not enjoying. What were these games, and why did you keep playing? It's really... Um, absolutely. I've done that a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sucks. I, I I stopped, but before I stopped, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first game I remember this with, I've talked about this before, the very first game was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah. Uh, the very first time I realized uh, I'm having no fun mm-hmm. with this, but I'm just going to keep plugging away. Yeah. Um, I did that with the Ghostbusters uh, 360. Oh, the one that they game? just like remastered or re-released? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like amazed they remastered that because it's dog shit. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like what the demand was for that it's like the stub zombie yeah like just you know everything that you didn't you know destroy all humans Every, everything that you didn't think you know didn't really want is all now coming back and remastered for <laughs> yep um yeah uh, but, uh that ghostbusters game is very tedious and i remember i was playing it and i was like this is just like a shitty fps this is not very ghostbustersy and the jokes are not good mm-hmm. um why am I still doing this? But still just like, well, got to beat it. I'm probably like two thirds of the way through may as well. <laughs> and I got nothing for doing that. Like yeah. I didn't, I got no satisfaction. I got no good feelings. Um, so that was, you know, those were two really instrumental examples to me realizing, like, I don't have to keep playing stuff that I don't like. Yeah. It, it, I have to go back a long way to get to this because I've been cutting bait on games for a while you know, and of mm-hmm. stuff for the show. Cause I could say like, Oh yeah. Like there are games that I finished streaming, you know, when I wasn't really having a, uh, any fun, I was doing that for content. So that kind of disqualifies it, but also the, like that suffering is kind of the point too, you know, and I'm, I'm going to set my nose to the grindstone and get it done, you know, so we can all mm-hmm. get through it together. Right. Um, but like, I don't know, I probably, uh, you know, through the first three halo games, I think I only hmm. beat one of them and I got like I, I, I stuck with the single player campaigns on those for a very long time uh, as re- yeah. repetitive and nonsense as they are <laughs> uh, way longer than I uh, rightfully should have based on how much fun it was, you know, deriving like I, I, I didn't internalize that like, oh, this is this is a disc that you have so that when people come over, you can play it with them. You know, or yeah. we're going to need us and we're going to need a second disc to set up the the other Xbox with the land party. Right. You know, I thought that because yeah. I had this in my house, I had to finish it. <laughs> that was really the thing. And and you can I've been thinking a lot lately about the other direction where I've started feeling that, you know, the old pain of <clears throat> uh, the anxiety of how many games I have that I haven't fucked with. Yeah. You know, so part of me is like I, I should find a balance a little bit better because right mm-hmm. now I, I am sitting on, you know, many lifetimes worth of games that I'll I'll never be able to play. Yeah. But it is a, it is a balance. Like the idea that you have to beat everything you have, I think, is silly. Mm-hmm. But uh, also having a bunch of stuff that is just there as psychic weight uh, is not necessarily good. You know, it's just a matter of like, you know, how just uh, sometimes when you're you, know, you can't figure out what you want to eat, you go shopping in your pantry. You know. Yes. It is just yeah. you, I, 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 I have tried to think about, you know, going to my shelf, shopping on my, you know, PS4 game shelf, shopping in my Steam library uh, when I'm like yeah. picking stuff out. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. That is the way. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this, Nic- you or me? this is me. Uh, Nicholas yep. says, I have recently discovered the YouTube black hole of retro handheld consoles. Uh, do you guys have any experience with these devices or do you stick to playing your ROMs on your PCs? My answer is short. Um, I've been curious about it. Like people have recommended a handful of like retro, emu- retro emulator handhelds. Uh, and I've looked at them and then saw like weird compatibility things. And I'm like, I'm fine. I can just continue playing them on my, on my computers. Um, I have a little flash cart for my, uh, 3ds. Okay. Um, that is kind of a dedicated, um, retro game challenge to mm. disc basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I used it for that and I use it every once in a while for some other things, but generally I don't mess with this too much. Um, just because of convenience. Yeah. Like I've got, I've actually got a little retro handheld mm-hmm. that I've only played a little bit of. I can't even remember the model cause I, I got it a while back Yeah, uh, and it is probably outmoded and stuff. It was a, a bout of retail therapy. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. I was curious about like the, the, you know, uh, what was it? The pocket analog or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or the analog pocket. Uh, and no, that wouldn't be practical. That would, that would just be a very well-made objet d'art you know, yes. uh, to have around a very expensive one. So I talked myself out of that and I use that money instead to pre-order a play date. So yeah. 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 It, it's a, it's that old pain. Like mm-hmm. I don't, if I add all of the retro games I want to play or replay onto, <laughs> you know, my psychic load. Yeah. Yeah. Put you it in know, your bindle. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. My psychic bindle that that's going to be uh, <laughs> problematic. Right. You know, I, I don't want to do it. Oh, um, Joshua says, uh, is the Silent Hill HD remaster really that bad? I really want to play Silent Hill 3 because I love the thick and dreary aesthetic of that game. But as a console owner and not a PC owner, it's impossible to get hold of the original. Will the HD remaster suffice? Uh, yeah, I think uh, so. It's short, not great, but it's like... Short, you know. short answer is yes with an if. Long answer is no with a but. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, so mean, go, go, like, go ahead. I and fucked around with that. Yeah. Like, when I, when I first got it, it's not how I played it for the show. Right. But I played that when I first started it and it's, it's like all those things I think like where they're, they're shitty ports. Like it is a shitty port, mm-hmm. you know, it's not good, but if the, the choices don't do it at all. Yeah. You know, I think you should still play Silent Hill three. It's not great. It's, it's a worse experience. Yeah. Like I'm, the choice I'm... is no experience versus compromise. <laughs> Choose the compromise is my, my opinion yeah i agree with you in spirit i can also only um speak to the ps3 version of this i don't think i've ever played uh, the 360 one I, I know that people talk about there being some kind of difference or another um some of the complaints from back around launch are no longer accurate they did pat, uh, patch in the old voices so if you don't want mm-hmm. troy baker uh voicing james sunderland you can uh swap him out um uh, visually it's not going to look the same but you know you're still going to get the feel for it uh, I doubt you were going to be like super immersed into it anyway. Uh, and also immersion's a little bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a red herring. Uh, the big caution on this is that at least on the PlayStation three, the silent Hill three port is not just like bad in an, in an inaccurate way. It really, really chugs. And it's not just the frame rate uh, that like messes with it aesthetically. It's a frame rate so low that it affects input. 
So you're going to end up mm. taking a lot of taking a lot of hits and uh, like overshooting uh, when you're trying to navigate and run around and stuff. And it's going to um, feel very bad. So that would be my my thing. You go into it expecting Silent Hill 2 to be serviceable and worth it. And Silent Hill 3 may just be something that you try and then, you know, bounce out of until you find a way to emulate it. Yeah. It, it, worth a shot. Yes. It, again, if if the option is not doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? and, and also, I haven't checked the price. I know that the, the, the you know, physical versions of the PS2 discs astronomically expensive now. I think that the HD re-release is also getting pretty expensive. It didn't used to be at the very least. No, no. I, I, yeah, maybe, I picked it up yeah. used for like 17 bucks, but that's not the case yeah. anymore, I don't think. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Fermented Sorcerer says, I'm a longtime organic vegetable farm manager, uh, so I find myself around a lot of folks who have never played video games or have a negative impression of them. As a result, I spend a good amount of time having to defend video games and debunk typical anti-video game rhetoric. Do y'all ever have to defend video games, uh, even your careers, from anti-video game rhetoric? If so, what do they say? Uh, and then as a, uh, a, bit, a bit of a kicker here, they ask, do video games even deserve to be defended? I, I, wouldn't, take a, I wouldn't take a bullet for video games. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing deserves to be defended right in terms of the media <laughs> like they're not people yeah <laughs> if, if somebody if i ran into somebody and they're just like oh fucking gamers mm-hmm. like yes that's not true right? right like here here's a really good example of how i run into this or have run into this in the past mm-hmm. um you know living in a, in a city and stuff like most people i know and an interface with are fine with video games or fans. When I am on dating sites, when I'm not partnered, mm-hmm. um, you will run into people who otherwise seem interesting, who are like no gamers, you know, oh, or yeah, like, yeah. who are turned off by it. I'll be like, I'll say what I do for a living. And then they'll you'll respond like dot, dot, dot. Oh, you probably play a lot of video games. I'm like, yeah. And then they, you know, they don't <laughs> like it. Right. Right. Um, that's not accurate. Uh, me doing my video game, doing video games for a job means that I, I think that I'm like, I talk about it less outside of work. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're, you're I, I think game. that it, yeah. I'm encouraged to be more well-rounded. They're inaccurate, but I let them be wrong because it's not worth the energy to try to convince them. It's their prerogative. Yeah, it's their prerogative. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't uh, feel, aff- I don't feel offended mm-hmm. uh, by them being wrong about that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so to, to my mind, I'm not trying to, you know, patronize or say, uh, but, you know, you're asking for advice. If I were in your situation, I would just kind of smile and be like, yeah, sometimes it do be like that. <laughs> yep. And then just, just go, go about my business. Yeah. Uh, you know, continue the conversation. There's a, uh, I assume that you're a well-rounded person who has other interests as well. Um, they are clearly not interested in this specific interest of yours. Find that common ground and then speak to that. Yeah, yeah. Though you probably have other stuff in common, you know, depending on where and how you're meeting these people. You know, like if they're insulting you because of it, that isn't about their like relationship or opinion of video games. Like they're the kind of person who that's would insult you. Yeah, that's a, that's a dick right there. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. is that right person? There you got a dick. Yeah, that's <laughs> your problem. Yeah, your dick dars off, man. <laughs> like, well, I'm Dick Dar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dick Dar. You know, Dick Dar. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, it just uh, I, I I don't I, I don't I personally don't find myself in these in in these situations uh, very much. You know, usually like back when I you know worked worked around people like in an office or met with clients or whatever, and if the topic came up, it'd be like, oh yeah, either I don't know anything about that, I used to play it, or I have younger relatives who do, and then we talk about mm-hmm. something else. Uh, it doesn't need to be defended. Um, yeah, you know, but, and, and you don't have but, to trap somebody in a room until they change their mind. Yeah. And, and it's not, uh, this is not me being a self-hating gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is true to me of anything. Different people have different relationships. Uh, there are people who are just fine with, you know, watching sports and stuff. And there are people who paint their bodies, you know, and, st- yeah. and stand out in the freezing cold, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and just if, if I'm in a lift, you know, if I'm interfacing with somebody who is not a friend, uh-huh. Uh, and they have an opinion about that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't, the same way that I don't try to change their mind about sports, Yeah, you know, like they don't, you know, I'm not going to attack them about that. If, if I say like, I'm not really into sports and they then turn around and we're like, oh, actually sports are really cool and important. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, are you fucking high? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, defending this to me, you weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Like, like, Did yes. you see the big game? I'm not really into basketball. Well, actually, basketball is a really important way to... Uh, t- excuse me? Well, I didn't realize I was talking with a fascist. Well, what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that, 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 uh, that, that escalates. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you, you know... If, if if somebody's like honestly disrespecting something you like or how you spend your time or uh you know tearing you down for it that is an interpersonal problem on their part it's not something yeah. that uh the, you know you need to attack through the avenue of uh of video games yeah and 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 the the thing you just said there's two different things in that like somebody yeah. disrespecting something you like and then tearing you down are two different things mm-hmm. like if you're like if someone is like what are you into and you're like oh i like to play video games mm-hmm. and then they're like uh man I, I fucking i hate video games yeah uh that's one thing and that's fine that's uh-huh. the kind of thing you let go if they're like oh you probably live in your parents basement or some shit you know then it's like well this person's maybe kind of a dick <laughs> yeah you know they're, they're extending it to the person mm-hmm you know, and and it, that's always the the thing is like it, it, things don't need defending. Yep. Media doesn't need defending. Concepts don't need defending. People mm-hmm. need defending. Yeah. This is and, the, the, and that's it, the jump. Yes. If it crosses the blood brain barrier, you know, in that yes. way, if it, if, it, if it passes through that membrane, suddenly we're having this weird little like proxy war and fighting our Pokemons, and that is not a good uh, or healthy interaction. Like maybe you could dig Agreed. in further and say like, oh, like who did you know who really like did that? You know, like like who did you wrong? Who hurt you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. maybe not in so many words, but like yeah, they probably had somebody who was a you know, or hurt them maybe. But also, if this is somebody who's in a lift, you're probably not going to finish that by the time you get to the airport. So maybe yeah. you can change the topic to like, oh, is there a big event where people are in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it, when I ran into it on dating sites, it was a lot of times women who. Uh, who had gamer boyfriends who were shitty. It was wow, wow widows. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow widows. Like that's, that's all they did. And I could take the time to explain like, that's not what, who I am, mm-hmm. but it, it just wasn't worth it. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, John asks, uh, I just want to thank you all for introducing me to the wonders of Tim and Eric currently watching through on cinema. As you all probably know, Greg has an elaborate catalog system for his VHS movies. Considering uh, you all discuss a ton of games, just wondering if you have a catalog system for your physical games. It's not a system. 
Uh, <laughs> I have lots of physical games. <laughs> um, anything older than the PS4, uh, I keep the cases just in uh, Rubbermaid totes, and I have them in like little booklets, like the actual discs and booklets, you know, to mm-hmm. uh, make sure they take up less space sorted alphabetically you know within the systems but like on the shelf itself i don't even bother like separating you know ps4 from xbox one from xbox series x to ps5 it just all goes up there alphabetically and uh the ones that i have beaten are on one shelf and the ones that i have yet to beat are on another yeah which that uh, I do not. That may be overkill, but it does it doesn't feel like overkill to me? At least in, the, in comparison to uh, the you know Victorville Film Archive. Yeah, yeah. As a Greg head, I, I got no <laughs> nothing bad I can say about the Victorville Film Archive. <laughs> runtime is the the second most important thing about a movie. Yep, <laughs> sorry so, if I run just the number. <laughs> Again, topic. Oh God, so good. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, it's fun. It's satisfying. I like going through and looking at the shelf. I have done the thing where I like sorted them by, did the high fidelity and sorted them in the order that I got them, you know, but, uh, uh alphabetical is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's do some other topics. Do you think? And then, sure. and then get, uh, get here. Uh, so Greg writes, remember the movie total recall. Uh, regardless uh, of it's the original or the, or the remake, the premise is the same. Rather than going through the time, expense, hassle, or perhaps safety issues of going on a real trip, a company can implant the memories uh, and feelings of that trip and make it cheaper, safer, and easier than the real thing. Uh, imagine that a company uh, came in to do this for other things in life, video games, books, and movies, etc. Uh, would you do it? Uh, and Greg says that uh, uh, he would because of his huge backlog. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, maybe. First of all, how dare you? Do I remember Total Recall? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think if this is the Old West, I'd shoot you for that. Do I remember Total Recall? Like, I live and breathe Total Recall. Yeah. I, the, I know Total Recall. The, pa- like the past few times that I've been, the, the, there, there have been like family gatherings over at my uh, mom and stepdad's house. The conversation with my stepdad about like what our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie has come up. He really loves just that he, he just want, ma- wants to make sure that we know that Predator is his favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and he's seen all of them. You know, okay, and and Chris and I unite against him and say Total Recall, obviously, right? Yeah, and <laughs> Predator's know? great, yeah, but but Total Recall, yeah, yeah, and, and just it, really it's seen it, Total Recall, <laughs> like it's it's a conversation that happens multiple times that has happened multiple times, and I assure you will happen again. Yeah, I, yeah. I need to have that conversation with your stepdad. <laughs> Tag me in, coach. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I Total Recall is incredible. It is. I love that movie. Paul Verhoeven. Come uh, on. Yeah, I would do this in an instant mm-hmm. uh, if it were optional. Uh, and then <laughs> I would choose you, like ninety percent of my my Steam library and just instantly do this. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I, a, I don't see a downside. You know, I, I don't. I don't think yep. it would be hollow. 
you know, uh, just uh, if I wanted to experience something as the me. And and that's the that's mm-hmm. what what the story gets into is or I mean that's the what existential the question uh, yeah yeah and then I I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna run around and say it actually really doesn't matter if we're in a simulation I also need to say it doesn't matter if that's real or fake if you have the memory it's a part of you so yeah you know, I do it I've got other to, stuff to, to me do. it just goes down to the classic like duck feed axiom that I I keep talking about is that the choice isn't the ideal version versus the compromised version. The choice is the compromised version versus no version. Mm-hmm. So I would do this on things I would never get a chance to play. Like, yes, I would be getting a lesser version, arguably, mm. but who cares? Because the alternative is nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. learning Kung Fu is, you know, it's not just knowing how to do kicks real good. It's also the life practice and the discipline, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, sometimes Neo just needs to have that knowledge put into the back of his head so he can go do stuff. Yeah, that doesn't apply to Ultima Underworld One. <laughs> like it's not, right. it's not a discipline. You know, I have to go into my gamer dojo. Yeah. You know? And think about all the curiosity, like the morbid curiosity you have for games. Oh yeah, like yeah. Thief Four. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to play Thief Four, but I, I kind of want to have had played Thief Four. I, I kind of have a version of this, which is just like vaguely following Twitter buzz around games when they release. I kind of have like mm-hmm. a Rolodex card on a lot of these. So I wouldn't yeah. even need to sign up for this service. I, I can I can spout off half cocked about anything. It's like how Will breathlessly refreshes Wikipedia to find the synopsis for Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> He's like never going to see it. Right. But he yeah. just has to he really wants to know what it's about. Of course. You know, it's similar to that, except it'd be like richer and, and more magical and total recall. Yeah. You know. You know? I, I think it would make, it would definitely make me more effective at this job. Right. If I had yeah. that knowledge base and I was able to, you know, synthesize and draw connections between between things and, you know, no, yeah, I would do it. I, I, I don't see a uh, I don't see a downside. It would be rough, rough for this job just because of the temptation. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, man, I could just. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, just, re- just rest of my game. laurel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know <laughs> that that falls back to games that I have uh, that, that, that I have played many times before. I will still sit down and play them you know yes for the show like i will go through them mostly so i can take notes on them but also it it kind of feels like that is you know it needs to be fresh like that is something i professionally feel obligated to do so yeah and and replaying games is a joy yeah like i I understand there are people who don't have that they don't like replaying games at all Mm -hmm. i really like it i find it fun i usually get something new out of it yeah um ellie asks uh, I'm a college student with a full-time job. What tips do you have to keep your hobbies fun? When I have time to do what I love, I feel guilty for being lazy, which ruins the hobby. How do you get over this hump? Um, that's, that's rough stuff. Yeah. Uh, feeling guilty for doing anything that isn't productivity is a capitalist plot and shitty. Mm-hmm. And a lot of smarter people than us have talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's 100% a real thing. You are not alone in that. Yeah. Um, that is a really common feeling. So the very, you know, first of all, don't feel weird about that because everybody feels it and everybody struggles with that or, you know, is, is, you know, varying levels of successful at it at different times throughout their lives. Yep. Yeah. Uh, It sucks. Mm -hmm. It fucking sucks. And it's an ongoing concern, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I've been really sick. Uh, I think that I had the COVID. I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, My girlfriend tested positive and I was exposed to her and I had some symptoms, but not all the marquee symptoms. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's hard to tell, but I, I've been sick 
<laughs> like last week has been really sucky. Um, I can't, couldn't really do very much. And the guilt I was feeling about not doing things was real and stupid. Like my job was to survive and I was still feeling like my job was to get ahead on work and, you know, keep my house clean and do all of these, these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only advice I've ever had for that, and this is not good advice, has always been just to will myself out of it. Yeah. yeah. I just have to think it and be like, this is fake. This is fake. This is fake. And Mm -hmm. then just kind of push my way through it. Yeah. I think that feeling guilty that you are not taking time to enjoy yourself can become its own kind of misery, you know, that's true um, too. Yeah. that, you know, that, that, that is, that is, you know, it cuts basically the same way as feeling guilty that you're not being productive with your time. And this is really hard during college too. I think that oh, yeah. this, like, like so many things ultimately comes down to a different version of like a question of boundaries almost. You know, mm-hmm. and setting boundaries for yourself about how you use your time, setting boundaries for yourself for like a ratio. Like I want to, you know, practice this instrument for a half hour a day at the very least, et cetera. And it comes down to defining that, making an agreement with yourself and then like trying to stick to it, but not flogging yourself if you don't, because you're always going to you're always going to slip. You're always going to fuck up on your diet. You're always going to, yeah. you know. <laughs> x x y or z so i think it's it's just a matter of attempting and then trying again and again and trying to get closer but always trying to uh, set and define those boundaries and be conscious about it yes yeah mm-hmm. uh just keeping in mind that there's no governing body for a lot of this stuff yeah uh you know and it's like if if you do you know hey i meant to uh relax this evening and doing that was causing me more anxiety than just getting ahead on schoolwork. So I got ahead on schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't really failed anybody yeah. in a cosmic sense. Um, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I, I, you uh, know, I, this will also get better after college too. Yes. Uh, most likely depending mm-hmm. on what field you go into, but like mm-hmm. college sucks for this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, you know? it's 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 a lot of very fluid like fluidly defined work that changes every couple of weeks too you know the beginning of a quarter and, yep. has different work than the end of a quarter and that is stacked just deadlines yeah like staggered and stacked deadlines mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i forget what i was gonna say about this it was probably gonna be something like vaguely inspirational so i'll move on <laughs> keep on wear gun sunscreen yes is what, says. is what i was going to say everybody yeah. everybody is free um, yeah, to feel good. Yeah. yeah. Um, damn it. I, I knew, I knew it was good, but I, I, I completely lost it. Oh, well. Oh. oh, well, you'll never get that wisdom. <laughs> it'll, if it'll... you want it, you have to tap Cole's house when he wakes up at 3 a.m. and like sure. says it out loud. Oh, yeah, so you, 3, 3 a.m. Here we go. Yes. Uh, this, uh, oh. in the, in the past, <laughs> I've, refer, I've referred to this as following your energy. Okay. Okay. Um, which is, uh, you are going to cover less ground on something. If you are forcing yourself to do something, you do not have the right mindset or energy to do right now. Um, Mm -hmm. and you would be better off doing something else that gives you greater returns on your input because you're in the mood for it now. And then doing the the other thing later, you know, this sometimes Mm -hmm. results in me doing work at 2am, but like, that's when I'm going to get the most work done and feel best about it. You know, as opposed it, to being a, miserable. Yeah, you know, I could either do yeah. a, do a half hour of it there, or struggle with it and kick myself for you know for not for four hours trying to get myself to do it during the morning. 
not forcing it not only makes it easier, the result will be better. Yeah. So the work you do at that time where you are in the mood to do work mm-hmm. will end up as better work. Yes. Than the work when you force it. Same, you know, and that is not just for work. That is also for leisure, for entertainment, for hanging out with people, you know? Yes. Yep. When I don't, uh, if I don't feel like socializing, mm-hmm. like sometimes there is virtue in forcing myself to do it. Yes. And I'll have fun. But when I am like, I'm feeling lonesome. I miss my friends. I want to go hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a better time. Yes. You know, almost every time. Everybody has a better time. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to media questions. Uh, Maya asks, uh, memes. <laughs> Can you weigh in on how the proliferation of memes as a secondary language has affected our critical lenses and the ability to engage in conversations? Mm. I sometimes Kinda. worry that by speaking <laughs> mostly in Simpsons references, maybe that's a little bit exclusionary. Uh, but I also think that that draws, you know, people in closer and the shared the shared vocabulary ends up making communication more efficient for the people who are going to want to stick around, you know, and it just it's just a matter of deciding what your you know, who your audience is. Um, but, you know. I still do it. I still, you know, speak sometimes in memes. So is, yeah. is, is, is it an effect? Yeah. Is it always good or always bad? Probably not. But I can't say in what measure either way. At, at its best, it's shorthand. Yes. You know, at, at its best, it's efficient <clears throat> um, and inclusionary. At its worst, it's exclusionary and obfuscating. Yeah. Um, and it is really in the eye of the beholder. You know what it is. Uh, some people will know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. when you say like, "No, it doesn't." <laughs> like when you when you say, "I know exactly what you mean," as it applies to a broad swath, yeah, of topics uh, and media. Yeah, some people will not, um, and I can understand that being a bummer. Uh, but at a certain point, you can talk about this, and you just get to the point where you're just talking about wavelength. You know, you're just talking about. <laughs> Like personality, uh-huh. like this can this can get broken down to a basic building block of like, you know, whether you get what somebody is about or not. Yeah, you know, and this is this is part of it. So, I you know, the answer to this is only is is kinda. Yeah, uh, I there are probably there are again, you know, I keep saying this. There are smarter people than us who have probably written, you know, long effective treaties on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, uh, for me. And for the shows, this goes back to, uh, I think that Duckfeed works at its best when we follow our instincts Yeah, and our instincts. Uh, and again, you can break that down to just being like our wavelength, like who, who we are, what kind of people we naturally are, mm-hmm. uh, when we, we follow that. Yeah. You know, there, there are elements of craft to what we do, yeah. but it, a lot of it is just what feels right. Yeah. You know, and that goes down to just, uh, I, this is how I speak to actual people. This is how I, you know, talk to Chris, to my brother, right? We mm-hmm. no longer do a show, but we still talk to each other on the phone every day. And our conversations, you know, we still, we still have. You talk every day? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I talk with my mom every oh, day yeah. too. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense to me. <laughs> oh, like, okay. I, yeah. I talk to your mom every day too. <laughs> uh, she's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Hey, Kathy. Um, the uh, <laughs> how are you doing? The, the uh, 
I, I just don't like I I don't didn't know whether I just was projecting. I assumed that this job also made you hate the phone because I hate the phone. Oh, I just uh, um, I, I I hate the phone, but I've I've been talking on the phone with my family for longer than I've been doing this job. Yeah, yeah, it's grandfathered in. It is. Yeah. Uh, no, so so the, there, there's a matter of like being genuine there. I also think that there's a certain kind of this too that kind of gets around being like a like 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 a moon language for space people, um, you mm-hmm. know, from the outside, uh, where it is done as comparison, you know, like sometimes say no, it doesn't, and we we kind of know exactly what it means. Oh, it smells in there. No, it doesn't. But sometimes, you know, especially the first couple times we 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 do that, we say it is like X, Y, or Z. Drawing, you yeah. know, drawing and, and using that gag from something or using that meme that we saw, you know, or using that, uh, that, that, that construction, you know, the sentence construction on Twitter, right? Like, uh, oh, to me or, ah, well, nevertheless, right? Like it is using that, that construction, you know, as, uh, as a simile almost to like to filter something through and express an idea that one thing is like another. And I think that that, I think that that can get around some of the problems with this. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I'm doing one more here. Okay. Uh, oh wait. Uh, let's see. We have uh, K. K says uh, in regards to some of your previous conversations about letting certain stories end or die. Uh, do you feel the same should be said about bands? I'm bringing this up as a fan of Pavement uh, and their semi-cringe sort of social media resurgence. Now that they have announced live shows again. Uh, so I guess in short, I'm asking, should bands not reunite to maintain the sanctity of their work? Uh, or are we going to see all of our aloof idols become lame? Uh, the latter, almost uh, assuredly, uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like Pavement, like I like Pavement a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I do. Look at me. <laughs> um, and the, 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 uh, I, I, I've never seen them live. Right. I've seen Stephen Malcolm's, but I've never seen pavement. Um, I would like to, I'm probably not going to see their reunion show, but like, let's say COVID wasn't going on mm-hmm. and I got a chance to see pavement. It'd be pretty neat. I'd be tempted. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be tempted. Like I, it, it's a, you know, I'm sure they still know how to play the instruments. I still like those songs. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be fine. Yeah. Like REM reunites. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll go. Cool. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll go see it. Like, maybe it'll suck. I wouldn't saw the Pixies reunion and it sucked. Yeah. The Pixies are actually my big example of like <laughs> everything they've done since they're united has been fucking gross and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, they suck now. Um, but it, I just, it, it kind of comes down to like, it just not, it, you know, it's something I do. I, I believe less in legacy than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't hurt me and it doesn't take away the good stuff. Yeah. To have that happen. Like, you know. It it happened, but I would rather have it exist than not. You know, the same reason why I'm glad Simpsons is still going. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't bug me. Like I want some things to die. Like we talked about, let it die yeah. with some stuff, and that's because we wanted new, yeah, uh, things. Uh, in video games, there is a little bit more of a like. There's not really scarcity in video games, but there's slightly more than there is with bands or TV shows. Where I feel like with TV shows and bands, like there's infinite. There's yeah. literally infinite. Mm-hmm. With games, I want. Uh, there is like a money question where, uh, because of the production, people are doing really bankable, yeah. uh, you know, shit. I, I'm, 
I'm kind of hovering around something. I'm trying to find the exact word for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? What I mean? Yeah, I mean, so it's almost like an ROI. There's like a, a sunk cost kind of thing. We're not going to embark on this because we know it's going to be nowadays a three to five year journey and tens of millions of dollars. So we're going to want to get. You know, like with, n- nobody will let us make this if it is not going to make, uh, you know, if it doesn't say Silent Hill on it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so and and that is going to, uh, you know, change the ROI multiplier on this. So and, you know, we're not going to be putting out a whole bunch of Silent Hill games at once. So this is going to be like our one shot at this for a while. So, yeah, you know, this one yes. coming out and being bad and coming back, there is a scarcity at that because it may be the only shot you get for a very long time. Yes. Whereas uh, a band mm-hmm. like the music doesn't feel that same way every time, uh, you know, at the end of the year when all the new band roundups come up, I've never heard of like 95 percent of them. Bands feel like it is in a constant churn, mm-hmm. you know. So when an old guard kind of thing like Pavement decides to do do another spin or put out a new album or do a reunion tour, it takes up less air in the room. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it feels like a, 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 a difference in mediums. Yeah, there's more room so on the it, schedule it for, for, for bands. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, it's, it's a bigger medium. Yeah. And games is already big enough to where, like, as much as I do think Silent Hill should just die and that'd be fine, mm-hmm. I, I don't... Uh, and I'm just using that as an example, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I feel subtweeted. It's fine. Whatever you think should die in there. <laughs> right. Um, but the... Uh, as much as I do think that... Uh, it, it's not like there's real, you know, scarcity is not really a thing. There's a little bit of that ROI bit, but a sliding scale. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, and if it comes to, you know, your own personal relationship, like, ah, oh, damn, I'm going to, are we going to live to see them get lame? You know, I, I think that, I, I think that is just something where you have control over your attitude, your attitude about that. You know, every, every band that I ever liked, you know, started collaborating with weird people and, uh, they started doing stuff that they, they just, they just drifted away and they became, you know, lamer in my eyes. And every yeah. legendary band is, you know, kid, you know, stuck around as zombies, you know, as long as, <laughs> as long as a critical mass, as long as a quorum of the original like outfit didn't, uh, didn't die. <laughs> you Even know, a critical mass. Sometimes it's just one person. Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of times, you know, you know? <laughs> so it like, works still tours with just Colin. What's his head? Yeah. And he's the only original member. Yeah. So, you uh, know, they're going to be shambling around that. I think that it's just, it's up to you to decide if that lets you, you know, if, if you're going to take that out of the, uh, if you're going to take that out of the rotation, I have taken fewer musical acts out of my rotation, uh, because of that, uh, than mm-hmm. I did, uh, uh, than I have for like, you know, somebody saying something really regretful. I liked the band brand new a lot when I was in high school and turns out the lead guy of that is a sex monster. Not going to listen to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, uh, finally, we have a show question before we do the lightning round. Yeah. Uh, Andrew asked, I was wondering if you talk a little bit about what goes into the episode, goes into an episode behind the scenes in general terms. What's the overall process and timeline of playing, note taking, recording, and editing for an average episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, assume this is about WAF, but, you know, because it's, it, but it applies to, yeah, to more than that. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that before, but we can certainly kind of revamp it. And um, mm-hmm. I'll go first because I have less systems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not saying that is a weird flex. It's just uh, it's just it's, it's just the way it's complicated. Down. Yeah, yeah. I did, I just kind of feel it out 
mm-hmm. I know I have a whiteboard. Uh, I have a picture of Dean Venture panicking on it, and I have a list of all the games they should be playing. Uh, I drew drew uh, what I consider to be a pretty good Dean, actually. Yeah. Uh, freaking out and just what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I am looking for something to do, I look up at that list. I do some one of those things mm-hmm. uh, and just make sure I'm staying on top of it yeah. and just kind of feel it out Yeah, uh, for me. I've got, uh, you know, I, I, I have a, like a to-do list thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually, I started using a new one here recently called tick tick, uh, which does like a hybrid, uh, a hybrid, like, uh, like project management, but also, um, uh, you can sort tasks, but like on a calendar, which is what I've been looking for for fucking ever, you know, so yep. I can, so I can move due dates around and stuff like that without, uh, using a date picker. Like it just kind of makes sense. So that's pretty cool. I take a look at everything that is uh, the, 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 that is coming up, and I generally like break it down into like chapters. If I know that it has chapters or levels or whatever, uh, and I know that I will probably have energy to do about two hours of assignment play per day at the most, so I try not to schedule mm-hmm. more than that as I uh, break it break it apart. And so I know uh, I know roughly how many days I'm going to want to dedicate to playing this. Uh, but so that's like the play, and also like taking notes as it goes. Um, before that, like generally you and I, Gary, before a dispatch episode, we will talk about, uh, what we want to do on the month that is coming up and do long-term planning with patron picks and our own vanity picks and things, get the, uh, get, get the, um, schedule settled for that, uh, forecasting mm-hmm. out there. Uh, after I take my, you know, uh, notes from playing, I, you know, type them out just on my iPad right there while I'm playing you know go and do research and do like the, the generality is get the outline put together tidied up and all of that and then we sit down we record over discord i record everything in logic on my side take um uh, drop markers whenever they're edit points either for myself to edit or to create a big list for you uh gary when i send it over mm-hmm. to you uh, uh when, when we split and uh then it is edited and uploaded yeah it sounds yeah. like an awful lot when you when you lay it out, but we've been doing it for so long that it just basically happens, you know. Yeah, it it, it wouldn't work if it wasn't instinctual. Yes, and it's instinctual now. Yes, you know. Uh, in terms of uh, time to edit, it really depends. Uh, generally, though, it's gotten really quick. We streamline that process a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we if there's an edit point, we drop a marker so we don't listen to the whole episode. Right. Uh, to edit it anymore mm-hmm. that's why there are ums and swallows and and stuff in there like i just did but we prefer that mm-hmm. uh personally not everyone does go with god um and yeah uh i'd say you take notes on an ipad now yes. yeah 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 i've uh, got a really? like it's like a smart magic keyboard thing i like i got like a um like a stand for my recliner like to put the ipad right there so i just you know don't just literally just type as i play if i'm sitting in the in the uh, room uh mm-hmm. playing on my big tv um if i'm doing like portable i will take screenshots and make the notes based off of those because you know it's rough to do that in bed uh you know or just mm-hmm. if you're just kind of hanging around or if i'm using my ipad to play a game like i'm doing right now for professor layton can't very well take mm-hmm. the notes on that as, as it goes um yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I do that there. I used to handwrite it out. I really wish that I did uh, still because I remember things better when I handwrite. I was one of those maniacs in the you know uh, mid to mid two thousands who was never on my laptop in class. I always had just a notebook because there's just something about the physicality and remembering mm-hmm. where certain things were on the page that makes it easier for me. But uh, mm-hmm. it got way too time consuming to transcribe them, so I made myself into a typist. 
Yeah. And making it, uh, if we didn't do these time-saving things, we wouldn't be able to do as much stuff as we do. Nope. Like, just kind of period. Yeah. So, uh, that is the, uh, that is the answer. Mm-hmm about that yeah uh let's lightning round let's lightning round it up benjamin writes what are your favorite regional accents to hear and to mimic new york new zealand <laughs> new york and new zealand are both very good uh i don't do very good on either on either but like new york uh just read the the semi long island slash bronx <laughs> kind of thing that we everyone's did. got that yeah it's like the default accent for everyone and i love it <laughs> um like to, to to listen to i really like a louisiana you know like a like mm-hmm. a down bayou uh kinda, like an afrikaner accent a lot uh yes yeah um similar really uh c- c- canadian yeah uh, popo for show show asks uh have you guys thought about doing rom hacks for the show either fan translations like mother three or a full-blown pseudo sequel like mario 64 star road uh there's one of these that we might do which one coming up that we're, we're kind of talking about uh oh, oh, the yeah, oh we talking about yeah okay today. yeah okay there yeah, I agree. yeah um so we're not opposed to it Uh, I think that the ones that, um, like a fan translation is probably closer to what we'd want to do than a fan sequel. Yes. Um, I don't have a good explanation for that though. The, the same little tiny, you know, corner of my soul that's like, ugh, fan fiction is probably the same part that I understand it's fake that legitimacy is kind of a fake idea, but that's the, the gut instinct I have around it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I am pretty much in the same boat there. Like, I don't know. There's probably a, a version of the show that we do. I, I, I see us doing Sweet Home at some point. That's a cool game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's only available in fan, fan translation. So, yeah, I got I, w- I would love to do retro game challenge, too. Yeah, that's got that's got a translation. Yeah. Uh, we, so. You know, Pokemon card game, too. Mm-hmm. those are all things that we'd like to do and it's it's different than than doing like every time i look up deus ex stuff people keep talking about the nameless mod as if it's really good i tried to play it and it's all forum in jokes i hate it Ugh, <laughs> like, no. what, are, what are these people talking about yeah this is really good don't, this is really obnoxious don't care for that yeah so i wouldn't no. say like never for full-blown pseudo sequels right uh, cause who knows, there may be something genius that we're not accounting for, but I think that, um, fan translations are far more likely. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's not something that is a fully defensible idea. Yes. You know, it's just, I mean, if, if we wanted to fully defend it, one thing we would say is, uh, we play pretty obscure games on the show sometimes, mm-hmm. but the show works worse when people have never heard of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, we got some things on the schedule now that are pretty obscure. Yeah, uh, that are coming up. Um, if we just did things that were that obscure, like there's a certain productness to the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, that exists that we can't escape. Like we are trying to make an entertaining product. Mm-hmm. If we're doing something that very, very, very few people have heard of, which is more likely with a fan work. Yeah, uh, you know that gets uh, kind of runs into some difficulty there. Yeah. 
You know, I you just, know? I'll, I'll, I'll say this, you know, some, you know, oftentimes we are crass. Sometimes we look at and choose games based on whether or not, uh, we think they're going to put butts in seats. Not always. We're yep. not looking to do all kinds of bangers. We always want to do a variety of things, but that is a factor that we, the, that we consider yeah. and a, and a ROM hack that is not something like, you know, mother three or whatever is not going to, is not going to draw people in. We would have to, like, it would be us selling, selling that. Uh, to people to say that, yes, this is worth our attention, that this is worth your attention, and that's why we're doing this, yes. which could work, but it wouldn't be something that we would do, you know, uh, more than a couple of times a year, right? Yeah. The the reason why it uh, hasn't shown up more or we're reticent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Christopher says, what is the tipping point for upgrading a console or PC? I love FromSoft, but I'm not buying a PS5 for just Elden Ring, though I did buy a new GPU for The Witcher 3, so maybe I'm a hypocrite. Uh, maybe, but hypo- hypocrisy doesn't matter, so you do you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I no longer really have these uh, these tipping points because of how consoles work. Yeah. You know, like, consoles will play everything What if you get the latest one, mm-hmm. in a general sense. So I just get, you know, a new console generation, so I buy one every few years. Yeah. Uh, and then my computer, it's a little bit trickier. Like, you know, I don't know. The last time I bought a new computer specifically for a thing was buying a computer that could run Deus Ex 2 yeah. in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I've just upgraded when I had some money and I felt like bugging Nick to build me something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, you know, it's just a matter of a pr- pretty basic a- answer here. Just if there's something I want to play that I absolutely am not going to be able to, doubly so if there are lots of those, you know, if we're taking, you know, stuff for the show out of uh, out of the consideration, like, oh, we need a, you know, need a PlayStation 4 for Bloodborne, right? Something like yeah. that, uh, to, you know, to taking that out of the consideration. I think that generally, like, if I was not riding the bleeding edge or, you know, trying to stay as current as possible, but if I was uh, being a little bit more reserved about it, I would wait for a hardware revision. You know, either a like yeah. a like a slimmer version, you know, the jump from the DS to the DS Lite was a huge deal, you know, something mm-hmm. like that, uh, kind of way back and feel it, feel it out and let other people kind of uh, uh, deal with any hardware problems that might crop up. Um, yeah, yeah that, that, that's usually what it is. And then for uh, for PC stuff, it's just uh, probably like every five years or so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, Biff asks uh, Death Row. You can choose the crime. Thank you. Uh, what would your last meal be? Uh, and I, I'm going to add, what's your crime? <laughs> uh, what, Cole, Cole, what crime would you do to get on death row? Oh, man. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of am reticent to say this because it might sound like incitement or it might, sound, it might be incriminating. Yeah. So some form of regicide or adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or close enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> If I'm, like if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go on death row, I'm gonna if I'm gonna do the time, I'm gonna do the crime, baby. Yeah, I want to uh, make it matter. Yeah, you know, yeah, without being uh, without being specific in Minecraft, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, this is this is tough. Probably something real trashy. I don't know, like a like a just a, a real like a just a, like a like a diner burger and some onion rings or something like that. Uh, prison food fuck is fucking awful. And why would I? why would i want to um uh kind of put on airs about it and pretend that i want to have lobster and truffles and blah 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 no i'm gonna i, w- I want to have something that uh you know i'm gonna enjoy if i'm gonna send it out if i'm gonna be yeah. doing doing it out in style 
Yeah. I, I, it might be something like, um, like fried chicken and biscuits and gravy, like a breakfast. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a, a, a indulgent country breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I always feel bad after that, but like, you know, gives shit. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like, have anywhere to be. <laughs> yeah, hurry up. My stomach hurts. Oh, I'm just, oh <laughs> man. I, I, I would I, I just, just eat all the messiest foods possible because these assholes are the ones who are going to have to clean it up. Yeah, it's gonna be a gallery show. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we we try to keep here. We, <laughs> oh god, I'd be like, stand by me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we try and keep the family of the victim out of the splash zone. <laughs> we try, but no promises. <laughs> it's first come, first serve. You know, sometimes the governor gets here with his with his retinue. Yeah, uh, it would be cool too because if you ate one of those meals and you felt like going to sleep anyway, maybe you could sleep through it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, oh, I just had Pine State biscuits. I'm gonna go to sleep, <laughs> and then uh, you know you miss the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Biff also asked, "What P6 PC specs do you guys run? PC, uh, CPU, GPU, RAM, etc." Don't worry if you don't know, Gary. Thank you. I don't know. Yeah. Oh man, I. <laughs> I don't really know either. I know that I have like 16 gig RAM in my Windows machine. It is some kind of GeForce thing. Uh, I bu- I built this city on. Oh, I built this uh, uh, PC like in early 2019, I think, or 2020. M- it must have been 2019 because it wasn't it wasn't COVID times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever like i7 was around then, it just Intel, GeForce, etc. My Mac machine is a 2017 summer 2017 iMac that I just put a shitload of RAM into. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what I got. Sorry, I can't be more specific. It's just I, I don't have the I don't have the numbers. Gear stuff makes me want to die so bad <laughs> I, hate, I hate those numbers yeah just that, work fix it, it. it, it, it when, when i when i <laughs> just just hold up the broken box make work yeah. uh yeah yeah um and when i said like every five years also every, every five years is when i feel like keeping up with it and yeah you know doing the research and stuff uh Joseph says, hi, guys, I'm a musician and I like to make lo- uh, chill lo-fi music and was wondering if I could make a little lo-fi remix of the WAF theme. Uh, if so, is there a way that I could connect one of you to get uh, the chord progressions and key of the song? Uh, sure. Send me an email at Gary at duckfeed.tv. Yep. Uh, I'll send you that. Uh, it's in C. Mm-hmm. Like basically things I write are in C. <laughs> um, the. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you do this and send it to us and don't mind us using it, we'd love to use it. Mm-hmm. I am historically pretty shitty at people send me these, and it makes my day, and it makes me so happy. And then I uh, do other stuff in my life, and I forget, and I'm, <laughs> I feel really guilty about it. Yeah. Um. So send this to me an email if you do that. If you've done this in the past and we've never featured mm-hmm. your remix of the WAF theme or the Abject Suffering theme, send mm-hmm. me a reminder. Yeah. And we'll do we'll do so. Uh send it to my email though, because Twitter it just it gets erased from Twitter and my memory. Yeah. Um and I feel tons of guilt around that because I'm really flattered when people do this kind of thing. Yeah. That's it's it's amazing. one of my favorite things that happens. Yeah. Um I love it. It's good. This would this would be rad. Um it is if it is chill and lo-fi, if you just want to make it for fun, do you know follow your heart. If you want us to uh, feature on a show, uh, I would say probably the longest we could p- get away with that is like a minute and fifteen. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, uh, we can't, we can't do like a three minute version of it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> we can do it at the end though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just hook us up. Uh, I love it when people do this kind of thing. It's always amazing. Yeah. You, uh, anyone listening has free reign mm-hmm. uh, to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have the rights to the song. Don't twist this and use it in court, <laughs> but uh, I would love to hear your interpretations of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, same, same thing on the uh, show. So, you know, the show themes that I did uh, for the level or for Bonfireside chat. If, if you want to do anything with those. Yeah. Go nuts. Go nuts. Uh, Tom says, uh, what is your favorite mythological creature? Gary, I'm feeling Gorgons lately. Gorgons are cool, man. Yeah. Gorgons are really cool. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. A Gorgon is good. I just, I'm, I'm um, feeling Gorgons. I don't know. There, there, there's just something about them. I, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it just kind of was like surfaced because I watched the Spanakopita episode of, uh, Venture yeah. Brothers last night. You know, there's a, a, a Gorgon featured in that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like the idea because they, they're, they're bog hag adjacent. Uh, they are ugly little, little gremlins that'll turn you to stone. They make a little basilisk yeah. garden without being dumb snakes. And yeah, well, and a basilisk garden is already really cool. Yep. In terms of ideas you can never use in a tabletop game because everyone will instantly know. <laughs> like, oh, it's, a, it's an unusually realistic statue. And then people will just like, get out of here. Everybody's immediately off. on guard. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, it's but it's such a cool idea, you know. Uh, I was gonna say hag. I was gonna keep going, you know, mm. you know, bog hag. Yeah, uh, you know, just uh, just to give me a bog witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that counts, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really feeling bog witches still. I mean, just uh, just kind of kind of perpetually. Uh, if I'm gonna go yeah. local, if I'm gonna go North American, I really am. Uh, I like the that love- guy from high school. <laughs> that you don't like. <laughs> Is there a religion in your town? Okay. His, his name was Dan, and all he did he had a cleft palate. Okay. <laughs> no, I was no. thinking of Green Man, the cryptid that you made fun of at one time. The old man over in Philadelphia? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> you called a cryptid. I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> uh no no i'm talking uh uh both here in north america but also locally uh near you know not didn't live in this neighborhood because it was real bougie and expensive but down in uh down in cincinnati there is the loveland frog gary do do a do do a search for the loveland frog will do yeah uh spotted several times yeah it is a it is it is a frog man uh (laughs) You see that guy? He's got a jaunt. Yep. Yeah. No. Um. About to about about three or four feet tall. Uh. Humanoid frog person. Uh. He's spotted usually in uh, in ditches and culverts. Uh. He usually uh gets up and uh, runs away. Uh. And uh, the most bizarre thing uh is that uh, occasionally people will see him and it is like he is waving some kind of wand that is emitting sparks. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in May 2014, the Loveland Frog Legend was made into a musical titled Hot Diggity Dog. It's the Loveland Frog. That sounds like a Nathan for you. <laughs> it, it, hot Diggity Dog. Uh, that's a really good answer. I was going to uh, just say, like, you know, depending on how we're stretching it, just default back to Beholder because that's my favorite monster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, I, if it's just myth- the Loveland Frog is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an Oregon local, one of those too. I went, I saw Andy Daly, uh, on Kami Bang Bang, who, and as his, uh, his character who hunts monsters, <laughs> Dalton Wilcox, 
the, the cowboy <laughs> monster hunter. And uh, he talked about the, the or, you know, going state to state hunting these monsters. But the, the Oregon one is just a sea monster. And I find the sea monster class of mythological creature really boring. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to run into that. Like, it's not going to run yeah. out in front of your car on a foggy night. Like, we kind of have Sasquatch up here. Kind of. That's... You know, big... You know, Bigfoot shows up all the time. There's, you know, Bigfoot hunters and stuff in, in Oregon. But I don't, not that jazzed by Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry or his Hendersons. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, you, Harry, Harry and the Hendersons you rode in on. Like, <laughs> just, no, thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, no. So just uh, do, do one from classics, Gorgons, and do, fro- do, do ones from uh, local North American folklore, uh, Loveland Frog. Yeah. I'm gonna make up one for for around here. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Gr- Gridler. Yeah, yeah, the Gridler, <laughs> the Loveland Gridler. Uh, Sleepy Smiles writes: You awake one morning to find a fog gate has appeared over your front door. Uh, what boss will you face on the other side? Pocket. Greta and Dottie, harbingers of the late breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Kane says, dumb but easy. You're transformed into a monster from the D&D Monster Manual. Shout out to Monster in my podcast uh, for the rest of your life. And the challenge part of the question is it can't be a beholder. Dragon, mm. unique entity like the, the Tarrasque or the like, or an advanced undead like a lich, vampire, etc. Which one do you pick and how would you adapt to your new life? That's a good question. Yeah. Hippogriff, maybe? <laughs> I already got the body type. Ah. And I like pith moments. True, you know? true. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to, uh, what are the griff? Oh Gif. yeah. Griff. The, 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 the explorer hippo, not the hippogriff, the <laughs> hippogriff. And I don't want to be a mount. I was, I was going to say, geez, this is going for it. He's going to, oh, horse. <laughs> In the regular animal section. <laughs> like, I, I anamorph into a, into a horse. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the explorer hippos. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. doppelganger. Ooh, yeah. It'd be it'd be fun to, to you know to replace somebody and see how long I could see how long I could get away with the act. Cool to, yeah, cool to cuckoo somebody. Yeah, like you know, I I would I would enjoy that. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, if I have to yeah. be a monster, that seems like the most like uh, intellectually engaging thing to do. If I can't be a witch yeah. or a vampire, you know. Yeah, it's also worth noting that like human is in the monstrous manual. True, we yeah. could really cheat if we wanted to, but yeah. and there are the real monsters after but all. But Gary, I don't want to be this kind of animal anymore. Come on, yeah, <laughs> that's true. You mean elf? <laughs> that's pretty good because you like at least for me because I like living for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I was about to say yeah. something really depressing that would have made everybody worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say I've already been alive too long, Gary. Uh, (laughs) which i don't feel but it would have been a very funny thing it would have been a funny and shocking thing to say but i don't actually feel that way don't worry everybody sentiment yes you know uh, with the with the current zeitgeist of just wanting to die or joking about wanting to die being yeah non-stop yep and just just a reflex at this point yeah now, what is our final lightning round question, Cole? Uh, the final one here is the Baba Duck who says, what is a game that you want to see a demake of? That's a fun idea. That is a very fun idea. I uh, I mean, this is a bit of a cop-out, but I'm pretty excited for that Bloodborne demake that's coming out later this month. The PS1. Yeah, that's going to be short. It's going to be a modest product, but I'm very curious about it. It'd be a cool thing uh, that I wish I knew about when we were planning out 
stuff to do before Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't have a good answer for this because a lot of times, like I watch uh, a lot of YouTubes, like if YouTube does demakes, mm-hmm. I subscribe to it. Like I like looking at those. They never look like a game I'd want to play though. That's the thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not because I don't like old games, but just because it's hard for me to imagine, you know, a game. I, I guess what I want is like a demake of new Vegas, but in like the fallout two engine. Yeah. Yeah. Which like a lot of people wouldn't want cause they don't like that engine, but I, I would like that more. Yeah. Most people would want to fallout two quests and areas in the fallout new Vegas engine. You want to, which th- I would also want. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, just, uh, you know, but I, I, that, that's probably my best. My yeah. Best the question here is D makes like my, my interest in D makes really is like, it, it is almost never, um, mechanical. Because it always yeah. is mapping it onto, I mean, honestly, an easier to execute uh, kind of game uh, kind of idea, right? Just a genre, yes. et cetera. My interest is almost always aesthetic. How do they adapt to this particular iconic thing? How do they, you know, adapt to these environments and stuff like that? So I can get as much out of screenshots uh, generally yes. or have gotten more out of screenshots and curiosity and you know, an appreciation of the work, the hard work that went into it by, you know, just kind of like looking at it and saying neat and then moving on, on with my life. So that's also why it's hard because my answer on this is like, oh, yeah, which one would I want to like flip through an article about and then forget exists <laughs> would be yeah. how that would realistically go. <laughs> well, there's also there's weird uh, little bits of this where a lot of times because of indie stuff, this stuff has kind of happened. Yeah. You know, like if there's not like a... a a demake of like dark souls or bloodborne is kind of like a metroidvania side-scrolling souls like yeah you know in in a way right like uh uh breath of the wild is kind of demade in zelda one mm. you know it's 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 uh it's hard to think of because so many things are legacy and <laughs> exist either in indie spaces or in their past as kind of a demake yeah you know, you, you almost have to think about something that is a brand new property. Yeah. Um, you know, and as we all learned from Free Guy, <laughs> where's the profit in that, yo? Wiggity, what you talking about, Willis? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, also a show you get access to if you patronize us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to switch to the topic now, and we did the thing where we're not taking anybody's topic that they gave us. I'm so uh, sorry. We will do a roundup at some point soon. Yes. Um, but something was in the uh, in the in the news mm-hmm. uh, recently, and every once in a while, something is part of the discourse, and we want to weigh in. Um, Dying Light Two is coming out, and it drew a lot of attention for having it. Uh, it's aver- like it's a big selling point in advertisement, being like this takes. 500 to 550 hours uh to complete yeah um can you run down like what some of the like 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 what were the what were the what were the sides on this because i know that i have my opinion about like how that was a really really bad uh marketing move like that like that was a that was a that, that was a dumb thing for them to do that didn't help them or anybody like (laughs) either sell this game or justify buying it or you know be more interested in buying it i like i have my own opinion but like what were the battle lines no no battle lines at least in terms of my sphere Mm -hmm. um everyone was just like this is fucking stupid yeah yeah you know so there weren't really battle lines but it it brought up the topic uh of game length 
Yeah. You and know, this is something we're always talking about. Always. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we, it'd be, it felt like a good idea to crystallize it. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and I also wanted to talk a little bit about, um, at what point in your gaming life did something like that dying light to advertisement turn from a selling point to an actually like incredibly dark threat, <laughs> you know, like, like basically it may as well yeah. be written with magazine cutouts, <laughs> you know, at, at what point did it go from something that you said yay to, to something you said you can't make me to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Oh shit. Hide. <laughs> uh, you know, so this is this is difficult. This is this is hard to you know hard to kind of dis disambiguate disentangle uh, because mm -hmm. of the because of the job kind of kind of deal. I look at oh yeah. this game will take five hundred and fifty five hours to beat, and I say oh well we'll never do that for a show. So later, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have to scrub that from my I have to scrub that from my reckon. But, uh, I mean, it would, it definitely had to be sometime like late, I mean, like college, right. That, 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 yeah. that had to be the case. Like I remember struggling with, uh, with oblivion when that, when that came out, you know, like there were, there was an awful lot of, uh, you know, uh, hype around this as a place where you can just live. And that was, that was a time when I was distracted by a bunch of other stuff, it was also a time when that was less attractive to me than doing something similar, like in an MMO where I could also have a chat room with people to yeah. you know, like doing that kind of thing, you know? So doing it single player had a little bit less of an appeal and also like uh, open world games were selling themselves that way and see the aforementioned uh, San Andreas problem, right? Where it just like, yeah. oh, this is just, there's a lot of this, but you know, be wary of any restaurant that advertises itself on its portions, right? Yeah, the, the food is awful, but the portions are huge. Yeah. You know, the open world promise, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it has to do with, uh, so I think it has to do with when, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this that doesn't sound backhand insulting to anyone, I, but I think that it does correlate really strongly with how much other stuff you have going on in your life. Yeah, whether or not these and, people and have I, anything else to live for, you know, so they can just pick up the slop that we're, that everybody's putting in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. they just eat shit, they line up yeah. at the shit line and just say, "My mouth, please." <laughs> like, but in, in terms, instead of thinking about it on an axis of person, right? Yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm not comparing Gary Butterfield, the Chad, who has a lot of other things going on in his life, to you know reverse straw man who only has video games who just wants a 500 hour game yeah and i can instead of referring uh gary butterfield the chad adult who actually has other responsibilities that are kind of a bummer yeah. to gary the 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 literal virgin kid mm -hmm. who just had infinite free time and was capable of boredom yeah you know it's it's an axis and life uh section mm -hmm. and th that that's the common observation around this but it's interesting how it's not universal. Like I always expect it to be universal. No, no. I expect, you know, people, uh, once they get older and have a job and have families to also move on this access that I have. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. No. Uh, you know, dying light Two overplayed their hand, but you do see people who are like, fuck yeah, this game is really long. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, and kind of figuring out what that's about, I think is kind of interesting. 
Yeah. You know, I, I also think that uh, we ultimately, you know, with this, what this comes down to a lot of the time is that length itself is um and easy to convey like it's a number right it's literally just yeah. an, like an, in, an integer that you can assign as a value especially as expressed by you know hour to dollar you know mm-hmm. um but it's a it's a really inelegant instrument let's say <laughs> yes. because there are other things that uh may be more useful uh how well paced is this does this game Pace wasting density. your yeah uh, like yeah. like is it wasting your time uh is this something that you can uh get into and get out of quickly you know does this fit in yeah. with like a you know is this something you can uh make appreciable progress in and enjoy if you just play it for an hour or is this something how where, long is a session yeah the like the ramp up makes it so you really got to be going for 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 90 90 minutes plus in order to make it actually worth sitting down you know to do this you know there there, yep. there are all kinds of like um uh kind of hidden factors that are that, that are behind that integer right yes and and those things all speak to length being uh kind of arbitrary and dumb as a measurement right yes like if if something is very very long and i know nothing else about it that does not tell me anything about the quality of it mm-hmm uh, because it doesn't speak to pace or anything. Something that does speak to it objectively, though, that does play into this. Uh, and one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I think this is true of you as well. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a short game prefer and that mindset comes from variety. Yep. Um, you know, when, when oblivion is advertised, like you can live in this, Yeah. you know, right now I'm playing state of decay, mm-hmm. uh, for the show. And I love that game. It's actually one of my favorite open world games. Like I'm, Good job, Gary. Way to, way to pick that for a while, <laughs> that's a really cool game. You picked it good. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that is, and it's really fun and really interesting. Um, it is also, they ended up putting like a forever mode in it mm-hmm. uh, as a DLC. It also has that kind of forever vibe to it. I, uh, there is a fundamental difference in the mindset of somebody who is in the market for a forever game. Mm-hmm. Um, who, and to me, as much as I do, like I'll play Isaac, I'll play monster train. There are games that I replay. I do want to have a steady influx of new stuff. Yeah. I feel, uh, poorer as a media consumer. If I am exclusively living in oblivion, you want to you enjoy know? all the meats of our cultural stew. Yes. Uh, and something like this 500 hour thing, you know, or you can also apply this to like a, a Jim Stephanie Sterling, you know, consumer product games as service, yeah. uh, you know, model thing. The idea that you just have to make this one purchase and this will be video game for you. Mm-hmm. You will live here uh, is really repulsive, not just because it doesn't tell me anything about the quality of it, but also because by by necessity, it occludes a lot of play experiences yes no matter how cool dying light 2 is it doesn't contain monster train or (laughs) inscription or you know any of these other it doesn't contain grime it doesn't contain all the any of these other games i want to play yeah i mean and there's a bit of an arrogance to it too if i'm being honest with you like you know not to make this all about the dying light kind of angle but like you never I've never, I have never seen the developer of Slay the Spire or uh, Isaac or any other kind of, you know, roguelite game that is meant to have these procedurally generated, it's different every time runs, you know, come out and tacitly say, this game effectively lasts forever. So it's the last video game you will need to buy. 
Yeah. And I say that as a diagonal way to get into when a game, you know, even separate it from like Dying Light, uh, uh, the, the, the back of the box on a, gi- a gigantic JRPG or similar game where it says, you know, 80 plus hours of gameplay, etc. What that is actually saying is 80 plus hours that you're going to want to play to the exclusion of a bunch of other stuff. And that is, you know, even if that is entirely me bringing that tone into it, uh, I I am put off by that. There, there is, there's a bit of an arrogance around it. It's huge arrogance. It's it's a huge sleep bed. Yeah. (laughs) The idea of saying like a persona game being like, Hey, this is persona five. You will like this for 90 hours (laughs) is such a bigger ask than almost anything else you could like a bigger statement, an extraordinary claim. Yes. Right. And it hasn't really borne out. Like I'm a person, persona three and four, like liker. Yeah. I haven't revisited those because of the length. Mm -hmm. Um, I am put off by playing any more entries in the series because they are too long. Yeah. Because I know it won't hold my interest that long. Mm hmm. And, and sometimes, like okay, there's also like the audience, people who like those games. They're 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 looking for that. It's a it's the Tommy Boy guarantee on the box, right? You know, yeah. I could I could shit in a box and put a guarantee on it, but it would probably waste all of our time, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a ninety hour shit. Yeah, is I'm it, not calling you... Persona. I I know people like those games, etc. But like, it, it's also yeah. who who are they communicating what to? I guess. Like when yeah. they say ninety, like on, on the back of this ninety plus hours, they're probably they're not talking to me because they were probably never going to reach me. You know, somebody who played, um, you know, eight hours of Persona Five and then dropped it because of other stuff. What, what it, right? What's fascinating about that is I'll, I'll talk to like so for example, uh, Will Hughes, who yep. I, I I'm not using him as a whipping boy. He's just somebody who I talk to about games a lot. Yeah. Um, has said, uh, like, you know, he thinks, you know, the persona games justify their lengths and his argument is you would not get as attached to the characters without that much time spent with them. And to me, you run into something that is a concept that I feel very viscerally and I know is subjective, but I feel in relation to these things is like a terminal velocity Mm -hmm. where the difference between 40 and 90 hours is way less than the difference between like 10 and 40. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like at a certain point at 40 hours, I think I probably know the characters about as well as I can. Just about. Yeah. You know, uh, taking to, to take it out of a genre I don't like and put it into a game I do like to, you know, make it feel more fair. Right. Mm-hmm. Take um, the end of blood and wine. Yeah. Um, like the ending of that hit really hard because I had spent so much time with Geralt. Yeah. The, uh, I think that a 40 hour experience, a week of work, mm-hmm. you know, uh, five full time days is enough time to get to know Geralt and yeah. have a similar experience. Like those extra hundred hours or whatever mm-hmm. to do rest of which are three hearts of stone and blood and wine mm-hmm. additive, but not as additive as that uh, first uh, chunk. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, there, there's diminishing returns, right? Yes. You know, you, as you, as you approach the, the longest a game could be, you're getting less and less out of it. You Mm -hmm. are, it feels to me like you are scraping up crumbs as opposed to taking healthy bites. Yeah. You know, 
something something else about this too when a game <laughs> breaches into and I'm, I'm talking about a finite product that happens to take a very long time to play you know gets into let's say 40 plus hours okay how many yes. how many hours can i can, can, can i reasonably do this you know if i'm you know like i know that there are people who will have a 40 hour game beat the weekend that it comes out but like if you are doing other stuff and if you are you know living your life and probably playing like what three hours at a time you know or three hours yeah. per day you know that that makes sense you get home from work you have dinner and you have a couple hours uh and then you put the kids to bed and you have a couple more hours three hours a day feels pretty good well okay three yeah. hours a day over so and so you're playing the same thing and experiencing that entire story over the course of like weeks and weeks there's not an awful lot that like you know you're immersed in for that long yeah <laughs> you know it, it does it plays into the difference in mediums that we talked about a lot before, where <clears throat> one of the reasons why I find long games uh, a lot of the times odious is because stories <clears throat> are not built to be stretched that long. Right. Um, and games are the only medium that does it. Uh, you know, Fallout 4 with its DLCs is longer than any novel ever written. Yeah. You know, uh, in terms of our account to get through it in terms of the length of the story yeah. and the way that games cheat uh, to get around that is by having it be a lot of little stories, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but a lot of games don't end up doing that. And it also, even if it is a lot of little stories, it is still stretching that pacing. Yeah. You know, I th beating up on persona, we don't have to beat up on persona and dragon quest, like true of fallout Four, true of Witcher three, true of all these things I really love. Yeah. You know, it's, it is also still a narrative that is stretched beyond the breaking point Yes, of, of what it needs to be, um, or really what it can be, at least, uh, for me and trying to figure out what that difference is, like what the gene people have. Yeah. The other thing that comes up when I talk to Will about this stuff is he's like, I don't have any feeling of ever having my time wasted. My time is valueless. And, and the, Will's got a weird nihilist like streak in him where he'll say things like this. And I'm like, I, I can't really be true, but yeah. I understand it's true a little bit. Mm -hmm. He'll be like, Oh, you know, my time has no value. There's no such thing as wasting time. No. And I'm like, how do you live like that? Like, what is, what is the mindset that like can, can just not care about running in place? Yeah. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't get it and I want to get it. It's not, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sound judgy. I want to understand it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, I, you know, like, like even aside from values, you know, like, okay, just mm -hmm. to like, do you value your time? I, I, I look at that and I think, I think about all the games that that would like get you into and like pot committed to for a very long time. And it is really hard for me to understand how somebody doesn't get itchy feet and move on yeah. to something else and leave it unfinished. But I say that as somebody who moves on and leaves stuff unfinished for all kinds of reasons. Well, and, and the, and the truth, is, again, I'm not trying to beat up on my very, very good dear friend, Will, like he also moves on from stuff. Yeah. Right? And, and like, I, this is different than going down with the ship. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, yeah, but just the, uh, and he also doesn't just seek out super long games either. No, right? he's no. just the person who I've talked about this a lot with in real life. Like I should not be using him as an example. Actually, I, ap <laughs> I apologize. It's he, just because, you know, I have talked to him about this stuff. He, 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 he is the other person, uh, in, in, in our life who does game criticism stuff yes. professionally. Yeah. 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 He, he, I talked to two people about video games. It's like you and him. Yes. basically. Yeah. You know, um, but the, uh, yeah, it is, it is a weird, and, and so that's why, you know, even for him who accepts a persona game that is, 
nightmare long. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not looking at Dying Light and saying like, hell yeah, 500 hours. Yeah. You know, like, so it, it's, that is something <laughs> for someone. Well, also, like there, are, there are folk on the Slack, like it comes up on the Slack and people will be like, hell yeah. Like yeah. if I get that much hour per my dollar, like I'm extremely happy. But but also it's yeah. not fucking true. Like they came out and they yeah. explained it, and it's like if you did every single thing, like if you if you went around and talked to every person or et cetera down the line, right? Like you 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 would get that. That, that that's it's kind of like saying this this jar of peanut butter contains exactly sixteen ounces. No, there's going to be a bunch of that that you don't get out because it's going to be stuck to the bottom. Right. Yeah. There's there's toothpaste yep. in this that you're not going to get. And when they came I, when they came out and said that like most people if they're playing this and following their noses, this is probably going to be what a twenty hour game. That made that that makes yeah. sense. So it makes the five hundred and fifty like they didn't need to step on that rake, and it's a useless number that started a bunch of conversations that are not going to bear out because nobody's going to play it that way. And that's why they did. They wanted your attention. I suppose, yeah. You know, to, to their bragging thing. It's like, yeah. it reminds me of like Pam cooking spray. Mm-hmm. Always has a servings and it's always like <laughs> nightmare specific. It's like 538 servings <laughs> in the spray can. I'm like, holy shit. Or like when I used to order office furniture when I was an office assistant and chairs were rated by how many rubs. Uh, there's a stat for chairs that are rubs and it's how many rubs they can it's uh it's the it's the machine that uh that pushes down on the chair in uh in in um uh, ikea that show you in the office chair section yeah yeah the the like the the mechanical ass (laughs) that just uh, does mecha sits yeah (laughs) one must imagine the mechanical ass happy (laughs) (laughs) consider the mechanical ass um yeah so, so it's 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 a weird thing, and it ties into uh, so not only do, you know these kind of like grandiose things, but it I feel it too. Like games that I really like, uh, I talked about this in a recent episode. We were talking about the Sinking City. Yeah. Um, but thirty percent away from the end, the game will climax. <laughs> like I keep having games feel like they're at an ending, and then being and then Return of the Kinging. Yep. Me. Uh, and that is really strange too. That feels like it is in service of light length and security. And I, I guess like this is all a really complicated way of saying like, Hey, I'm a market serve me. <laughs> you know, don't do that. Like I'll buy your game. If you're just like, no, it ends when it feels like it should end. Uh huh. What a fucking concept. Yeah. You know, you know, it just it doesn't like... have to be like whoever these people, these, these people you are beholden to who will be upset if the sinking city ended when, the plot first climaxed. Yeah. You know, I'm saying it's, you know, basically it's just raising my hand and saying, I, I, I won't yell at you. I won't yell at you. If yeah. this is an eight hour thing, I'll be happy. I'll put it down. And you know, that doesn't do anything about the many, many other people who will review bomb it, et cetera. And you know, yeah. The most uncharitable read is you know, start gamer, <laughs> gamer rights advocates, you know, yeah. uh, getting in there and uh, do, doing consumer stuff, you know, but <laughs> It's just, it's a real alien mindset. Yeah. Who who are doing that, who are getting mad about that stuff. And it's, it, when it comes to dollar per, you know, you end up like stuff like the order 1886 or whatever, Yeah, you know, like a, a 50 or $60 game that is six hours. Like I kind of get that yeah. a little bit, but I can also like wait no until it's free on PS plus. So, <laughs> but we're, but also there's a huge gulf in between that. Yes. And this is 90 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, earlier in the, the conversation, you talked about doing stuff for the show. Um, that definitely happens where I'm like looking at things. I'm like, yeah, we're never going to do persona five for the show. It's 90 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, how would we do it? 
you know, uh, this even comes up for stuff I don't play on the show, right? Like yeah. I do, uh, uh, like when I got ahead for work, uh, I got really ahead in the fall mm-hmm. and winter. So I treated myself to a couple of WRPGs just for Gary yeah. and played uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker and Wasteland three. And uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker is too fucking long. <laughs> it was like 90 hours or something like that. Jesus and Christ. It needed to end like, and that's paced like a campaign tabletop thing. Like it, it justifies its pacing a little bit. Like you are constantly doing stuff. Uh-huh. It's moving into new acts and everything like that. It's just too long to be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we made that point already. The reason why I'm bringing it up again is to separate it out from stuff for the show. Yeah. Like yeah. I was just playing that for fun and it was still, I just don't want to be doing the same thing or inhabiting the same world for this long. Mm-hmm. Give me another world. Let me switch over to a different genre and a different aesthetic and a different character, a different music set, yeah. different control thing, new encounters, like all of that stuff. I am not a novelty chaser, but I need at least a little bit of an influx of novelty from time to time. There's yes. a huge gulf in between the order 1886 and persona five. Yeah. In terms of, of how to handle this. Yeah. My feet get itchy, uh, you know, and breaking it out. If I am, uh, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of like with a book. Like if I start a book and it's not finished within a month, like that book ain't going to get finished. It's never just, yeah. never, just might as well just fucking throw it in the garbage. Right. Cause yeah. this is just, it, not, it, it, <laughs> If I would have liked it, I would have kept reading it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know? like, I, I just there, there, there is no version of me that look that looks at something and says, like, yes, with you know, dedicated with dedication and regularity and, and you know, persistence, I'm going to keep coming back to this for a month. Nothing else is like that. Not like nothing yeah. else takes a month to consume, even whole shows. Now that everything is available to watch, you know, to watch in batches, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just it, when I did I, my Breaking Battery watch, it wasn't a month. No. That's a, it's, it's a know, huge show. <laughs> yeah. It's like a 50 hour show. Uh huh. You know, it, it, it's still very long, but it wasn't, it wasn't this long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so may, maybe that whole, you know, breaking it out into how many days, how many sits this is going to be is what I call it. Like how many sits is it? Um, that, yeah. is, that, that is a particular mania that comes from the kind of planning that I need to do to keep a, to keep up with the show, but it's something real. It's something that I, you know, something that I feel and it applies to other stuff. Yeah. It's also the the last thing I want to say about this is that I I want this idea to be introduced into the conversation about um, games taking up space in the conversation uh, in a big game versus small game way. Okay. Um, I think that when people talk about uh, indie games and discoverability, this is actually a problem as well. Uh, People talk about it in terms of just advertising dollars and getting eyes in front of something. But the idea that you're just going to play League of Legends and that's going to be your game Mm -hmm. has as much to do with people not playing smaller games as as just discoverability. Yeah. You know, if you have a permanent game and you're just I'm a Destiny 2 player, that's what Mm -hmm. I do. Um, You are not checking out Cruelty Squad or whatever. Right. Like it is also a problem creatively and in terms of art mm-hmm. for, for, for the, the medium. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Viva short games or at the very least like medium games, <laughs> Fine, you know, fi- finite games, games that, that, that can feasibly be beaten within a week without marathoning. Yes. Yeah. A week <laughs> is a good amount of time to be playing a video game. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we're going to now uh, read your responses yeah. to January's games. 
Yeah. Uh, so starting with Super Mario Brothers 3, my God, it feels like that was forever ago. Uh, it does feel like forever ago. Uh, Sean says via contact, uh, when this game came out, I cried in public to shame my mother into buying it for me. Problem is, I was 11 years old, which is objectively too old to do this. <laughs> what embarrassing things did you do as a kid when you were a little too old to do it? Also, my kids say bros instead of brothers in regards to Mario slash Smash games, and this bothers me. Valid? Uh, uh, are you valid or are the kids valid? What are you asking? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I get irritated when people say bros. I call it Smash Brothers. Sure. <laughs> you, you know but yeah, also yeah, like smash bros kind of sounds annoying a little bit yeah th- this is this is a frequent thing of uh, th- there's a split on this on the level and it has become a okay. joke it, it has become like a like a thing we who's we, on the we, wrong side of it oh uh De- <laughs> dennis and david are <laughs> uh ben ben, ben uh ben i think usually sides with me and i i i am unsure of jala's uh opinion where like where, where she falls on it i think that yeah so there's occasional needling about bros versus brothers um i would yeah. say i would say it's uh it, it is fine for it to bother you but also you know what they mean so live and let live they are your kids yeah <laughs> Not, not to tell you how to parent. But, you know. <laughs> what, what if you went into chaos mode and start calling it Smash Bros <laughs> or Super Mario Bros? Oh, you know, yeah, Bros, <laughs> Bros. Uh, as for the first one, I don't know. Just uh, I've gotten uh, like I, I got real pissy attitudes, but I felt like that was just kind of a like a like a teenage thing, you know? Sure. Just, just if I was specifically if I was pulled away from a game, you know, not uh, that, that I wanted to play to like uh, go to a funeral or some shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, no, no crying in public. <laughs> I just love the idea. No. I was eleven. Hey, that kid, he's got razor like razor necks on him. Like they've been teaching him how to shave. <laughs> he's also crying because they wouldn't buy him a Super <laughs> Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I went out in the street and yelled Mortal Kombat <laughs> when I was too old to do it. So, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Stuart uh, says via contact, when I was a kid, my family would regularly make two day ca- uh, a two-day car trip out to Canada's East Coast to visit my mom's side of the family. There was little for me to do there, but one year I found an NES and Mario 3 tucked away in a basement storage room. I didn't have any games back home, and I was enraptured. I spent every free moment in uh, trying in vain to beat it. It took me years of returning to even get to World 8. However, since I came out, uh, my uncle hasn't wanted me to visit. I talked to my aunt recently, and when I asked, she said the NES and TV were still where I set them up the last time I was there. That was almost 16 years ago. That's some Miss Havisham shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a sweet story. Sorry that your uncle's being a douche. Yeah, that's awful. I, when I said the Miss yeah. Havisham th- shit, like the, the fact that it is still there, that that it's just that, that it just been left in state, is a yeah. very strange thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, your uncle yeah. is being that's homophobe. Yeah. Um, the uh, the idea of like being somewhere and finding an NES, Ooh. like that's such a cool little kid memory. Mm-hmm. Like that feeling of like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, I'm at my aunt's house, and they got a Nintendo tucked away. Wait a minute, and I don't have one of these? Like my weekend is dialed. Why do <laughs> like, they have this? Oh. Yeah. I, I, I kind of I need to make sure nobody else finds out about it, because it might disappear if they look at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they might, they're just going to want to ask me about school over and over. <laughs> like, yeah, that, is, that is a really uh, unique, cool feeling of, of, of kidness. I always, mm-hmm. I always think about that. Whenever I think about that, uh, I think about the never-ending story. 
Oh, yeah. Like him being tucked away in that, like the storm coming and being tucked away in that library. Mm-hmm. You know, and just imagining the idea of like being a kid, there's no such thing as time. You've tucked yourself away somewhere with an entertaining object. Mm-hmm. And just you're, it's absolute fucking bliss. It's like a, the kind of thing I can't really get anymore. Yeah. You know, mm. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would take a drug that did that. <laughs> Invented it, like a philip k dick drug i just you would you would, you would <laughs> just, just like just plug into a btl that was that was just that yep yeah yep like mm-hmm. btl of, of me, me uh having that kind of attention span and time disappearing mm-hmm. very specific thing but i know what you're talking about yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh darth under x says via contact hearing you guys hearing you guys talk about how mario almost had a centaur form then thinking about how mario's power-ups in that game are mostly costumes all i can picture is one of those two-person horse costumes uh <laughs> with mario in the front and luigi in the back uh and Mar- mario just refuses to put on the head uh, also, you guys wondered uh, what the point of the Fortress Gates are. In the unlikely event that you run out of lives and get a game over, you have to continue from the start of the world. All the normal levels respawn, but the gates don't. So you can use them as shortcuts past oh. levels that you have already completed. A, hand, a handful of people wrote in uh, and included that. Uh, oh, neat. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure when I was young, I ran out of lives at some point, but as mm-hmm. an adult, I did not. No. Yeah. Uh, Mario three is really generous of lives. That's not a gamer brag. Right. They, they basically give you five lives every three levels. <laughs> you know, it's balanced. So you lose a life once per level and still end up on top. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. fascinating. You sent me an image that actually was the, like the Nintendo power, like description of what the centaur costume was, was supposed to be. Who's going to get, yeah, yeah. who's going to be faster, right? Yeah. Uh, faster and could step on things. It was basically the boot functionality. Yeah. Yeah um yeah um those horse costumes are real weird because the person in back has to be bent over and walking all the time it seems like a nightmare yeah i never really thought about the ergonomics of those horse costumes i've also never seen one in real life so i have to assume that it like is a thing that is just a construct of media have you seen the uh tim and eric and zach galifianakis uh i think it's their uh maybe it's in just three boys have you seen just three boys the the closest I've I've gotten is that one episode of um of bedtime stories or the two bedtime episodes stories. of bedtime stories. Yeah, I think just three boys is on YouTube. You should watch just three boys. It's like ten minutes, okay, or whatever. It's just those 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 three guys being goofy. But there's a mm-hmm. really good bit with a horse costume. Gotcha. Okay, uh, and you get to see them see them in a horse costume. It's pretty fun. You know what? I have seen it in real life, but it was a costume for like a when I was in high school. One of the plays we did one year was like a satire of like uh, Shakespeare comedies. You know. Like the tempest okay. and 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 all that and what you know for for a gag like one of the uh, uh some of the characters had to dress up like horses uh so i have seen it in real life but what it was also it was also a uh it wasn't it wasn't a very good play um <laughs> it was high school come on uh but yeah. uh but it was also part of fiction so i've again i've not seen one uh, out in the wild yeah you should get one <laughs> just see if we can make it happen <laughs> yeah i don't know like i just walked around my neighborhood in that thing with, with somebody else yeah, yeah keep more than weird get uh-huh. playing accordion or something <laughs> um the uh on rollerblades uh andrew says via contact 
Uh, I didn't have a Nintendo growing up, but my cousins did, which led to me playing a lot of the classics as a kid, but beating almost none of them. Mario 3 is one of my favorites for many of the reasons you touched on in the episode. I love the variety of the world designs, and those one-off secrets and power-ups made it feel like anything was possible. Fast forward to college, when I could revisit the old classics through the magic of emulation. For some reason, a group of friends were in my room watching me play Mario 3, and I was killing it, breezing through the worlds, cruising through the airship levels that stymied me time and time again as a child. Finally, I came face-to-face with Bowser for the first time in my life. Well, what does Mario do? He jumps on things. So I proceeded to run across the screen to jump on Bowser. I can still hear the echoes of the uproar from my friends. Shouts of alarm, (laughs) anger, possibly betrayal. Uh, At any rate, thanks to their collective primal scream, I was able to course correct and let Bowser fall to his doom. Quite a humbling uh, moment after feeling like a Mario expert just a few minutes prior, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because it's a gaming experience I will never forget. It's like walking into a conversation about a book that you haven't finished and tried to play it off. Like, oh yeah, Great Gatsby, uh, the the pool yeah. party, the pool party at the end. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we had a handful of people good. write in uh, with uh, with similar stories about trying to figure out the uh, the, the the back uh, figure out the Bowser fight. That was that, that was the funniest one by far, though. I just love the yeah. horror. It is just like you just like you drop trow. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> no. Uh, the uh, that kind of puzzle Bowser fight where you fight Bowser with a in a different medium than you play the rest of the game kind of started in two, mm-hmm. but it's a, a thing Mario is pretty good at. Yeah. I think. Like, it's not a series with good boss fights in a general sense. There are mm-hmm. some, you yeah. know, but in general, I think the boss fights are kind of lame in that those that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the fact that Bowser always requires something different. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of cool. Bowser and World is definitely the height for me. You know, picking up the uh, yeah. the clown bots. Yeah. 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 Clown bots. And then uh, Mario 64 even. Like, I like those Bowser fights. Mm-hmm. Grabbing them by the tail. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chip says... Long-time listener, first-time contactor. Loved y'all's episode on Super Mario Bros. 3, the discussion of how warp whistle locations seem to be imbued at birth rang true, as I have no idea how I knew at an early age to crouch for a certain time to get behind the scenery. However, I did have a very unique merchandising experience with the game. My dad worked for Pepsi-Cola bottling for many years, uh, which included the time when when Nintendo decided to make a Santa version of Mario for holiday cola sales. There were Pepsi cans and flyers featuring Mario in full Santa beard and hat, uh, with little raccoon ears and a tail in their adverts, uh, which led to my dad, which led to my dad to dress up his Mario-shaped coworker in a Santa beard, That's overalls, brutal. and cap with raccoon ears and tail to come to our house while my brother and I were fast asleep, taking pictures of us groggily waking up to Santa Raccoon Mario standing by our beds, smiling and holding cans of Pepsi Cola. <laughs> Once my family decides to actually get vaccinated, I'll drive <laughs> I'll dive into the photo albums and send along the pictures. In the meantime, that's my very specific experience with Super Mario Brothers 3 merchandising. I'm sorry you apparently your dad hasn't gotten vaccinated and that sucks because he can't spend time around him. Uh that is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That rules. It's very funny. <laughs> I love a Mario-shaped coworker. <laughs> As somebody with a Mario-shaped co-worker, like, I really appreciate that. Several Mario-shaped co-workers. <laughs> yeah. As part of a Mario-shaped network. 
Uh, and then I love that he was still carrying cans of Pepsi. <laughs> he's still got a brand in mask. You gotta stay on brand. Morning Pepsi. <laughs> like, I imagine it being warm. Like, uh, yep, it's got some scrambled eggs floating in there for protein. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, the the wanting caffeine when I first woke up, like when when I was in high school, as that as an affectation. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, like many times because of my Dickensian childhood, I had to live with friends. Yep. And I remember living with my friend Doug uh, for a while. And wanting that caffeine, but not wanting to talk to his mom because mm-hmm. she was upstairs and like it's scary. So I would take a can of Coke in the night and put it down in my room so I could have it in the morning and drink like a warm Coke first thing in the morning. Mm, yeah, I'll get Just you to get out. Out of bed. It was real disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ugh. That's what this makes me think of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's very cute. That's a good I remember story. those cans. I remember the Pepsi Mario cans. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit was rad, man. This, this yeah. was a great time for Mario just being like fat non-stuff. Oh man. I just, uh, I, I, uh, was, was doing some rearranging and I got like little picture ledge, uh, shelves for some of my like, small toys, you know? So like mm-hmm. my little Mega Man. Flirt- McDonald's Mario's? Yeah. No, I've, I've got, I've yeah. got Mario. I've got a, I've got a Paracoupa and I've got Luigi and, uh, yeah, oh, those, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got just the, just those three hanging out next to some Mega Man next to some, uh, next to some Sonics. Should post a picture. Hell yes. Yeah. No, yeah. but uh, just I need, I need to go on eBay and like it's... add those to my collection of the food transformers that I have. Excellent. Yeah. Lo- lo- like we didn't do an abject suffering about it, but <laughs> still, still going to influence my purchase. Yeah. <laughs> um, stronger strong says via contact. I have a confession. I've never played through Super Mario Brothers three. Thanks. We absolve you. <laughs> Moving on. I'm just kidding. Uh, continues. I was born in the early 90s. We had an NES and we had the game. I just never played more than a few levels. I always went with Super Mario World or Yoshi's Island if I wanted a Mario game. When I found out you guys were doing it for the show, I figured it was a perfect chance to finally see what all the fuss was about, and I'm really glad I did. While it will never be my favorite Mario game, I had a ton of fun. I still had a ton of fun with it. And even though it was a weird experience playing through and then listening to the show, warp whistles, white blocks you can get behind. What the heck? I was apparently one of the few people born without any of that knowledge. The thing that was really compelling about Super Mario Bros. 3 to me was just how quick most of the levels were. There was something wildly compelling about playing a game where a level might only be 30 seconds long on average. It felt like any time I had five minutes to kill, I could fire up the Switch and play through half a world. And while I did end up using the rewind perhaps more than I'd like to admit, especially towards the end, no challenge or level or idea overstayed its welcome, with the possible exception of some of the maze levels. As I've gotten older, I find myself enjoying shorter and tighter games more often than I enjoy the massive, sprawling AAA open-world games that are so prevalent in the market, and that made Mario 3 a breath of fresh air and a fantastic way to spend my Christmas break. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. And uh, d- yeah, don't feel bad about game. don't feel bad about using that rewind feature. That uh, that feature is so good. Um, yeah. I love it. I, I like it even more than save states, honestly. Oh, yeah. Re- I mean, and it gives you both. Yep. Like you can you can do both in that save states. I was finding really useful just literally for their intended purpose, like not to cheese anything, just to mm-hmm. like put the to, game down to leave off. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, that's the that, that's what you that kind of stuff. Yeah. Never. It's there for you. It's it's there to be yeah. used. Yeah. No one gets to decide what you think is fun. <laughs> yep. Don't don't give other people control over what you enjoy. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, Josh says via contact, uh, I had a slightly sad experience when I uh, got my home copy of the game. I was in fourth grade or so, and a kid in my class found out that I had the game, and he basically invited himself over to play it. We weren't friends before that, and we never really hung out or became friends after that. 
it was just weird feeling used uh, as a way for him to get his hands on the game for an afternoon. I never really lost any sleep over it. Just a weird experience. Uh, as for all the talk about how he instinctually knew where about where the war pistols were and how to duck behind the scenery, I chalk that up to Nintendo power. Um, I'm pretty sure I was reading articles and secrets about the game before it was released that way. Oh, big intellectual reads Nintendo power for the articles. Ooh, okay. Hmm. I'm just Ooh, mailer about his <laughs> waiting libido. <laughs> Latest right. claptrap about Mario three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, I mean, oh. I'm angry that you provided a perfectly reasonable ex- explanation for why we all knew that. I I don't think that was me because I didn't get a Nintendo Power until later. Yeah. I think the wizard taught me one of them. Might have been uh, both. Was, yeah. 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 So I, I don't I don't remember what it is, but I, it might have been people who read Nintendo Power who told me. Yeah. No, you know, but just... Nintendo powers were very rare at the time. I didn't have a subscription and like getting a hold. Of, I had like one dog ear, like beaten up copy. That'd be a hand me down. And I would just read yeah. it over and over and over. Like I was not up to date with them. Yeah. If you didn't get it either at the newsstand or on subscription, like getting a specific uh, edition of a magazine that would have had, that would have been hard. Yeah. No. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug says via contact. I too recall the incredible hype and anticipation of super Mario brothers three. Seeing it in The Wizard was tantalizing, but I vividly remember the first time I actually got my hands on the game. It was via an arcade cabinet at my local mini-golf. The novelty of seeing an NES game in an arcade cabinet was already cool, but the game itself felt like the future. Hearing the steel and conga drums in the music was as if Nintendo had unlocked a secret heretofore unknown capability of the NES's limited sound chip. And the colorful graphics panoply of new abilities, uh, particularly flight, was a masterclass expression of the NES library's primary gameplay trick of find new to suit, uh, find new suit to change superpowers. The most extraordinary thing was getting the cartridge and finding out that unlike most ports of arcade games, the home version was one-to-one, what I had played uh, after that round of mini-golf. It was every bit as good and revelatory and capped off the NES experience uh, in style before Super Mario World made the next leap forward. I really can't recall another game that felt this much like a moon landing for me, though perhaps Final Fantasy VI came closest later. In a world full of sneakers, be a caribou shoe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there is actual just arcade port of this. I think that's that NES 10 in one. Yeah. I, I, I almost called I think, it a play choice, but that was different. Yeah. That's the, it could have been a play choice as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's a, di- a different thing, but it, there is a, a arcade version of super Mario one. Yeah. Uh, that's real weird to play. Like it looks different and it, it's strange. Um, I don't know that there is one for three. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that, I'm not saying that they're correct. I'm just saying out loud to check my memory. Basically. No, no, it's 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 one of those things because the 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 arcade version of three came here before the wizard came out. Weirdly, like, yes. but that was so that was so localized, and the fact that it didn't hit homes or hit a bunch of stores all at once made it still feel incredibly rare. So, like, yeah. you had to be incredibly lucky, like Doug was, um, in I guess I think Southern California. Uh, you know, probably there were a couple of those hanging around. Um, yeah. No, so so I yeah. so I can understand that. Yeah, it, 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 you know that 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 parody is neat. Par- parody, not parody. Yeah, Nintendo's arcade uh, games are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because some of them are are just different ports like that. Some of them are uh, things that never came over here. Like that's how I played Goonies one. Mm-hmm. 
you know a bunch? Uh, was it it being paired? Uh, the Pizza Hut that I went to yep. as a kid uh, had the Mario Brothers one Goonies one. Uh, the, that kind of that awesome arcade cabinet that's shaped like a pyramid, mm-hmm. where you can play both sides of it at a time, and the the screens are like angled at a forty five degrees. Yeah, uh, that thing I, I fucking love. <laughs> um, I would love to get my hands on one of those. Yeah. Like just as an object, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Those little perfectly round buttons, oh, that so, are the player buttons. Yep. Mm. Uh, the um, uh, oh my gosh, the, there was the arcade version of Super Mario, um, uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, at a store on the way up to Lake Erie when my dad would take us up to go uh, to go fishing on the on the on the boat up there. It was it was mm-hmm. it was like the 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 store closest to the trailer uh, that they had uh, like rented up there to stay. So like they would go in and I would just kind of camp out up at the front playing the arcade version of this game, you know, um, nice. just because it was cool. It was the same game I knew, but different. Yeah, very cool. I, I uh, those play choice, those those things where it's like a quarter and you get to play for three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I will still uh, do that. Yeah. Like when I go to an arcade now, because sometimes you know, I understand it's a bad value because time runs out as opposed to, uh, you know, anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like as opposed to to a failure of skill. But sometimes I just want to play the first three bosses of punch out. Yeah. When I'm in the arcade, like I love those things. Yeah. Like those are rad, even though they were kind of advertisements at the time. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong in with and that. of itself. Yeah. 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 Uh, Move on to uh, Dark Messiah of Might and Magic uh, responses. Thunk says via contact, uh, Dark Messiah will be one of my top 10 WAF episodes in my opinion. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, a while back, I discovered a list of design mantras that Arcane apparently apply when designing their games. Uh, you can just do a search for design mantras specifically around Prey 2017. Um, uh, I'd be interested to know uh, what you make of these. To pick one, uh, say yes to the player. If it occurs to players and sounds like sounds like fun, let them do it. Uh, to what extent is this mantra reflected in their games? Do they succeed or fail? And is it a sensible mantra? I think it's a sensible yeah. mantra if you place equal if you place equal emphasis on both parts of that. If it occurs and if it sounds fun, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Like it, it's it. I I've read this uh, thing before. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, it really um, a lot of it kind of plays as a manifesto of immersive sims. Yeah. Um, you know, improvisation. Um, world density environmental storytelling reuse the space ecology um you, you know, ecology you know intentionality um all those are things i just value in a world in a game regardless yeah you know those are all things i love like i think that this actually owns and mm-hmm. arcane owns yeah and uh, <laughs> go for them uh looking at looking at now to refresh my memory it actually are it is design mantras specifically for immersive sims mm-hmm. so of course it that's what it seems like but it's a really good set of design mantras for uh for immersive sims i think mantras yeah um, um I, I, yeah. I i like this one fuck ladders you just fall to your death anyway yeah <laughs> ladders and games up. suck yeah. yeah uh very very good like mm-hmm. in, in general i think that they uh, generally succeed and fail and i think that most games benefit from this kind of stuff yeah at, at, at least as uh you know a defined ethos let's say something something to aim for so so everybody on the on the teams on the same page i think that it is a good thing to do yeah, I, I get uh, my patience for dungeons that don't have um, any sense of ecology has gone way down. Mm-hmm. 
Like if, if there's no place for people to eat or go to the bathroom, I don't believe in the space kind <laughs> right. of period. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the minimum. It feels purgatorial. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this is a, a tangent, but I just wanted to tell you about this because I think it's cool. Okay. Uh, somebody on Twitter mentioned this. I didn't, I forgot about this. Uh, so the Eye of the Beholder games. Mm-hmm. You can find skeletons, like in the ground is environmental storytelling. Okay. And they're inventory objects. You can take them to the priest to resurrect them and they'll join your party. Oh, shit. As just people you found in the dungeon. <laughs> like who had died there years ago. Like they can be resurrected. They still follow the same rules or whatever that yeah. you know, ordinary corpses do. Do they have their own character sheets? Like are they are they unique? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that neat? That is really cool. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how many there are, but like for uh-huh. the eye, eye of the beholder, that's fucking rad. Yeah, I mean that like, really. That's, that's that, an ancient game. Yeah, yeah, no, that rules. That's a, I mean that like wow. that's kind of like in prey, you know, where there's no such thing as just a corpse. Like everybody had a job in a yes. place where they slept, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like that that. Owns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert says uh, via Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not contact us. Just uh, <laughs> the whole country did it. Yeah. They, they spelled out this response in candles <laughs> on the satellite photo. Um, really enjoyed listening to your episode uh, and was happy to vicariously experience Dark Messiah again. I remember this game fondly for its satisfying kicking mechanic, but to be honest, that's mostly what's stuck in my mind. I know for a fact that I finished the game twice and I have some snippets of the game in my memory, mostly kicking orcs off in, into spikes or off ledges. The only other distinct memory I have is having to cheese the final boss fight because I decided to put all my skill points into sneaking and shooting the bow. I was only able to do chip damage and had to rope bow myself up into the rafters where you're able to hide behind some columns. I was all out of healing potions and I think I was unable to perform healing magic. So almost any attack that hit was lethal or close to it. Even though I mostly remember the fight as being incredibly tedious, I'm happy that you're able to at least hide in the rafters. Uh, you just have to remember to get down quick enough to finish the boss before he starts healing up. And ride that quick save button like your life depends on it, because for me, it mostly did. Yeah, that sounds miserable. It's, it sounds miserable, but I do like that you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, the idea that you can get up there and hide and be in a boss's blind spot, I think, is good, not bad design. Yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't sound like the way I'd like to do it, which is no, 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 all no. that I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Not not super fun, but I'm, <laughs> I want the option to be there. Yeah. Um, oh. Fenreliania writes NVA Contact saying, I originally bought this game from a bargain bin at Blockbuster, spending maybe $10, because I read an apparently negative, negative review uh, that described it as, quote, the adventures of Sir Kixalot Death Boot in the land of the conspicuously placed spike racks. Uh <laughs> That was uh, that was the one-up review that actually uh, mm. they, they called it that. Uh, how someone could write that sentence about a game they consider bad is beyond me. Uh, I was confused and underwhelmed by the RPG elements as I tried to figure out uh, what use a forging skill would be in a linear game uh, where I already had excellent daggers. So I wisely invested uh, in the cool and interesting spells instead. I really enjoyed approaching it as a stealth game. Uh, because nothing is more stealthy than a swift patches kick into the cloudy abyss below. Uh, there are many ways Dark Messiah could be improved and made into a better game, but the only addition that I want is a Tony Hawk-style combo meter. That's a fun idea. Yeah, do it like uh, do it like Bullet Storm with a club. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or or like um, like you play it like uh, mercenaries mode. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, they they put you in a in a place and enemies come in. 
Yeah. And you have all these environmental hazards to, to fire off. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't understand how Sir Kicks a Lot Death Boot could ever be bad. Right. Like, especially like why call out in the title, the coolest thing about the game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, there, there are weird, like critical, uh, movements mm-hmm. of things that, that happen where people will get, uh, like somebody will call out the best thing about a game a, as a negative. Yeah. I'll, I'll find, uh, the, the biggest thing I think about, um, is when we covered, I remember I rewatched the errant signal video on half-life two before we covered it and how the fact that every level had like a gameplay gimmick mm-hmm. you went to, he was like rolling his eyes at like, okay, now it's a short turret section. Now it's a vehicle section. Yeah. Now it's defense with this. And I'm like, that actually fucking owns like yeah. the fact that when you play the experience of playing half-life two, that is such a great addition to the pacing that you're constantly doing that. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this game is good except for this one part. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, would you I respect you a lot as a critic, but this is a fucked up opinion. Yeah. Would you rather like do all of that stuff a little bit? in one level just like 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 dabbing you know just yeah. you know Do it. doing it like like gameplay tapas instead of having yeah. it like a court you know courses at a meal like i don't know i i'd kind of prefer the courses at a meal <laughs> well and you're always doing a little bit of them anyway yeah you know not not vehicle stuff but a lot of the other ones uh-huh. uh and they just move along at such a good pace it's that resident evil 4 pacing mm-hmm. yeah it's like you know when, so like when you're it. when you're done with a gimmick you generally carry like the cool bare bones as like the best the best bare bones aspect of it forward into the next stuff you know yeah 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 and and having a wide variety of those is the secret like you can end up with like a to- uh, tomb raider 2016 where there are just three modes mm-hmm. you go through it's just exploration shooting stealth yeah or you know but with with if you have more modes more good yeah and that kind of thing I mean, t- taken to like an ad absurdum, th- that criticism just sounds like a criticism of levels having concepts. Yeah, which yeah. I I know I know they're not doing, but it is it w- could be a temptation if you took that as an ethos. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of like you know going back into the Mario discussion, right? Like my favorite Mario games now are the three D land and world games, which every level just has a very specific ethos. Yeah. You know, as opposed to Mario 64, which is kind of like a, like a big melange of whatever. <laughs> right. Um, Gwilym says via contact. Spiders used to be all over video games. Tragically, as graphics improved, spiders were increasingly left out. This happened measurably, but nobody talks about it. People feel more passionately about the censorship of vagina bones than they do about <laughs> the erasure of spiders. Even Resident Evil, previously a bastion for extremely good video game spiders, just quietly stopped using them, and the entire journalistic apparatus did nothing to hold the franchise to account. <laughs> what spiders we do get are stylized so hard that all their spidery edges have been sanded off. Skyrim, Fallen Order, Bloodborne, they've all got enemies that are technically spiders, but they don't really get it done. <laughs> Most of the time, they don't even have the right amount of legs. Dark Souls 2 had good spiders, but also gave you a tool to nullify them. I grudgingly appreciate the game showing that spiders are more scared of us than we are of them, but I value fighting a creepy video game spider more than I value people learning how spiders work. I know this is selfish. (laughs) Returning to Dark Messiah is a refreshing warm bath by comparison. Without any warning, it drops you into a pit and makes you fight the spideriest spiders that ever spited. Uh, it's honestly one of the lesser stretches of combat in the game, but I still love those little furry guys just for their ostentatious spideriness. 
They're unashamed and they deserve our support. Their queen kind of sucks and doesn't really look like anything, but that's true for most royals, so I won't hold it against them. Uh, thank you both for drawing fresh eyes to this game that is 99% spider-free, but where that 1% manages to make it the most spidery game of all time. Uh, signed, <laughs> Willem. P.S. Grounded is the uh, exception that extremely proves the rule. Web and EDF don't count because jumping spiders are just very small kittens. If you can think of any especially spider games I'm overlooking, please let me know. Please also uh, consider doing an entire dispatch episode about spiders. Please also consider seeing the Casey, uh, Casey Tatum classic Big Spider. Big Spider! <laughs> uh, there's not really a, uh, a melody to Big Spider. No. <laughs> <laughs> big spider it's just he's um, just really upset about there being a big spider <laughs> i think the spiders in bloodborne are pretty good yeah yeah and a, a gigantic spider that comes down when you're uh -huh. in the, the nightmare zone that's a good spider man yeah it's a good spider it's not even uh, talking about spider man spider. <laughs> I, I mean oh, if if you hold every single video game spider up up against the spiders that are in the uh, uh the guardhouse at uh, uh, yeah. uh resident evil one you're gonna be real disappointed the, them being all big yeah. and furry like that and the sound that they make crawling, when they pat around crawling into the foreground yeah the camera. yeah yeah what i think and uh, you know this is something that dark messiah does very well um and also uh the penumbra games uh when you get into them like an area that has been taken over by spiders I think is the is the best part is the best part of it, you know. Like it's not enough for there just to be spiders. There has to be webs up and down the walls. It needs to change the geometry. There needs to be stuff cocooned, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that that is that that is the bow that is necessary on the effects. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love a I love a spider in a video game. I think they're good and creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, Skyrim had good spiders, right? I thought it was or, or Oblivion. I can't. I, I. I. couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I. The, when I think about Skyrim spiders, all I think is the is the mod that turns spiders into um uh, into, into bears. bears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was because of uh, them being good spiders. I yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I think Willem's got some spider demands that I can't quite. <laughs> I don't know that I can meet despite these. This, despite being told at length, I can't quite parse these spider demands. <laughs> uh, pictures of spiders. <laughs> Uh, well, it, it, it's 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 one of those things uh gr grounded specifically like they have that arachnophobia slider i'm a little bit more mm -hmm. upset by the uh by the low arachnophobia mode or whatever it is where they are so abstract that it's like menacing orbs uh that are coming at you <laughs> yeah yeah well, spiders aren't less scary when they have no legs <laughs> <laughs> see rom <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of this weird little uh little like evil orb <laughs> oh man that was a good that was a good response though Gwilym. <laughs> yeah that was very good uh moving on to some responses about the sinking city uh the chesapeake ripper writes in via contact saying regarding the setting uh, regarding setting the sinking city in post shadow over Innsmouth world, uh, have you read the litany of earth or any of the other modern Innsmouth books by Ruthana Emrace? Um, her writing was my introduction to the, uh, the idea of Innsmouth folk being forced into internment camps after the raid slash being treated in, treated in racist ways, uh, modernizing Lovecraft in a thoughtful way. Additionally, are there other good, uh, modernizations of Lovecraft stories or concepts that you can think of off of the top of your head? Uh, you know, I, I, I have not read that. 
Nope. Uh, there's a lot of like updated Lovecraft stuff I have not read. Yeah. Um, and I, I have a pretty limited vocabulary with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, is just the truth. Um, I liked Lovecraft Country a lot. Uh, the, the book. I yep. have not watched the show. I only watched the first episode and I just stalled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is really good. I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of my like very very basic B answer. Yeah. I I, I don't know that I have an have an answer off the top of my head. Uh, see on Filmable where we talked about the uh, the adaptations and modernizations. Like I thought, Color Out of Space did a pretty good job of making that story, you know, fleshed yeah. out in modern day. You know, but For also sure. it was they're, pretty. They're just, yeah. 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 Kind of obvious, but they're they're good. Yes. I think. Uh Troy says via contact. Uh, also like thanks for bringing my attention to that. Yeah. That story in her book. That sounds really cool. <laughs> um Troy says via contact. Hey guys. Uh I was really excited to hear y'all cover this game. It was definitely a weird ride, but mostly enjoyable. Kind of wish this developer had made a series of games rather than cram all the mythos in one, but the uh bre- breadth of references on offer are really refreshing. I also love the updating of the Lovecraft stuff to be more in line with modern sensibilities. Any game where you can mow down the clan is great. Uh, although I'm iffy about applying cultural relativism to Innsmouthers, given the somewhat non-consensual nature of their origins, but does make an effort to make them not seem all that bad themselves, though. Also, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but if you visit Throgmorton later in the game, he'll be serving a cake that looks like his deceased son. Extremely odd. Thanks for everything. You guys are great. I did see that. And I forgot to bring it up. <laughs> I, the or go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just going to ask you to expand what and why was what I was going to say. It's it's real weird. Your guide is just like, it's a pretty good likeness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the thing that I thought was worth noting about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a story about uh, the, the thing that happened to me in the singing city. I meant to mention, I forgot during the episode. Um, I was in, I think the library. Okay. Um, or the police department. And, uh, there was a glitch where there was an NPC who was, uh, phased through the floor. Right. Okay. Uh, like he was halfway in the floor and I accidentally threw my gun or drew my gun rather. So he started going, help, help. And I heard that without realizing I did it. So in my mind, the experience was I walked around a corner. I heard someone saying, help. I walked around to go help them. And there was somebody stuck in the floor. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> this is rad. Like, this is getting into some real weird defaze shit. But uh-huh. it was just I slowly a, figured it out. Yeah. It was, it was just a couple of unrelated things happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that, yeah, that, that is all, but yeah, I did, I did see the cake thing until I forgot. I was the other, I think the other reason why maybe I didn't mention it is that I was disappointed with how much Throgmorton just like, I wanted to go back and tell him things and get his take on it. Yeah. No, he kind of stops giving a shit. And there's nothing. He just kind of just is left as left dangling, uh, in an unsatisfying yeah. way, given how important yeah. he is for the first third of the game. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. So, um, Finally, here we have Nervous, who writes in via London, saying uh, the inclusion of the KKK in the Sinking City uh, is something that uh, initially initially intrigued, but ultimately baffled me. I appreciate Frogware's attempt to address the relationship between racism and Lovecraft, but this one fell down pretty hard for me. I get that portraying real-life racism in your game is a big handle-with-care moment, uh, for which Frogware probably didn't feel equipped. 
Uh, but in that case, maybe they shouldn't have included a multi-ethnic KKK discriminating against fish people. While, think, while Sinking City portrays discrimination against an oppressed minority, it's a cop-out. Fantasy racism in a 1920s America where people of all colors seemingly live in fish-smelling harmony. Ultimately, I felt this sugar-coated the KKK in a way the devs likely didn't intend. No doubt, uh, partly due to the fact that they're not American. Uh, but if you're going to use that iconography, you have to go all the way. Otherwise, why is it even there? Long way to say, uh, they probably could have just changed the name and the hoods, and it wouldn't have been as garish to me. Uh, I didn't have that experience with it. It just didn't didn't feel garish and bad to me. It didn't feel whitewashy Yeah, uh, personally to me. Um, it, it clanged and felt odd, but I also didn't dwell on it. Yeah, I, I don't uh, like I actually like it It felt like it made sense to me. Like one of the things that is a trope mm -hmm. that uh, makes sense to me, it's one of the um, it's in like I remember reading it in the introduction matter, introductory matter to the first like Shadowrun book mm -hmm. I ever had was that they talked about how like skin color based racism had fallen away because there were trolls and shit around. Yeah. You know, that's an idea that I am sympathetic to that, like, racism is like this, this pond scum that finds its level. Yeah. You know, like people are going to be discriminatory, but they're not picky about it because it's born of ignorance. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So people will default to things like fish people over color stuff because they're just, you know, being ignorant bigots. Yeah, they'll 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 always be bigots, but what the, the 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 focus is going to go towards kind of the, the the most glaring and obvious thing, and then it there there's no there's no place that it stops because eventually it gets down to you know uh, Italians and Irish and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't bother me. Not trying to take that away from you, but mm -hmm. it, it just it didn't didn't have that experience. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for responding. We appreciate you. If you have things to say about February's games, which are Professor Layton in the Curious Village, uh, Warhammer, Dark Omen, or State of Decay, hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact by February 15th. Yeah. And if you have things to say about, uh, March's games, uh, the deadline for that is March the 15th. Again, duckfeed.tv slash contact. Hey Gary, what are we playing in March? Ooh, well, March is fun. Uh, we got March. We, the first thing we got up is Inscription. Mm -hmm. uh, the buzzed about many people's game of the year mm -hmm. from uh, 2021. It's um, neat. It is from the Pony Island people. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's going to be a big spoiler one. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe a, uh, uh, yeah. listen with care on that one. Yeah. Yes. Especially if you have any interest. Mm -hmm. uh, then after that, we're doing a cool pick. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're doing yeah we're doing aliens versus predator 2 for the pc uh there's there's yeah. a distribution of that uh all patched up that you can uh get a hold of very easily just by googling i had a lot of fun with this and i've been making so many comparisons to it in uh everyday everyday life uh uh that i just just thinking about this game it, it came up for me it's short it's a fun uh monolith shooter and we're gonna play it god damn it uh you, yeah. it has three different campaigns uh, you play as the, the 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 space marines. You play as the 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 aliens. You play as the predators and the Protoss. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Taro alien. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, after that, we're gonna be doing a game uh, I was not super familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a sponsored game, King's Bounty. 
Yeah. Um, it is uh, a game that is uh, King's Bounty, the legend. It is a game that uh, is the forerunner to Heroes of Might and Magic. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Heroes of Might and Magic a lot. It's been a while since we've done a game like that. Yeah. Um, really kind of strange hybrid between role-playing and turn-based tactical uh, gaming. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious. Me too. Yeah. Uh, looks cool. Mm-hmm. And then finally, what are we doing for our premium episode? Cole? The, the premium one, uh, is, this is an executive produced episode. This is going to be Until Dawn. Indeed. Yeah. K- yeah. Kind of like... I mean, aside from some Life is Strange games, uh, like the cinematic adventure game that I think works the best, like this is the good one. <laughs> I, I played it recently for the first time. I'd been putting it off forever and I played yeah. it with my girlfriend. It owns. Uh, over. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Um, I can't wait to fight about uh, just while I'm having phantom fights with Will Hughes uh-huh. on other shows. Uh, Will thinks that game is a puzzle game to try to keep teens alive. I think it is a, an expressive game to make the best slasher movie you can. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No. So that that is uh, a, uh, we'll talk about that philosophical split. Yeah. Uh, and it, just, uh, it, it may seem strange to put a story based game um, in the premium there. However, there's lots of cool stuff about the way that game hangs together and i think those conversations are best had uh like in the in the generalities so big big thumbs up for that are you are you playing as an actor are you role playing as a, as those characters are you playing as the uh, the director well what, what are you doing yeah, yeah. It, it has a freedom <laughs> yeah. to, to how you want to take it like will's approach to it is valid because it operates as both it, it's surprisingly deep yeah uh for what it is and also just like a blast like yeah. it's very fun. The characters are wretched. <laughs> yeah. And I say that in a good way. Like they're they're so gross and hateable and horny and like just repulsive little shits that all need to die. I I, and, I streamed this like 6 years ago and everybody who was watching I was like, "Why would anybody play this? All these people fucking suck." And I was like, "That's dude, fun. Dude, like that that's what this is. Have you ever watched a slasher movie and liked anybody yeah. in it? You're not supposed to like them. They're horrible." Yeah. And then uh, we get to play the what is Peter Stormare's accent game <laughs> and we get to see like a surprisingly awesome term from Rami Malek who's in this for some reason. Yeah. He's great. It's good. Awesome. Like the moment in which he turns, he does fucking work. Mm-hmm. It's a really good performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think this game was great. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. Same. So yeah, that's March. Um, we have April working out. Um, we, uh, right now we are booking for April and May. Mm-hmm. Still for executive produced episodes. Um, some games a little bit further in the future, but not too many. We still have lots of space. Uh, if you'd like to produce something, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Yeah. Um, and uh, do so. Otherwise, just give us $5 a month to get those premium episodes. Um, the Sinking City episode, if I say so myself, was really good. Yeah. I think that was a really good and fun episode of the show. I I, I agree. Um, I, I, have, I have heard people say. Yeah. So if you want those, $5 a month gets you all of them. The old ones and the ones that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, and if you can't, uh, you can also uh, go and leave a rating or review in iTunes. Uh, that is always appreciated. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Uh, iTunes or Spotify or uh, uh, whatever whatever directory you use. If there are reviews, please leave one there for us. Uh, can't describe exactly how their algorithms work. They keep that secret. But all I know is that it vaguely helps. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, that's nice to see. And it balances out chuds who are like, Stop being political. Yeah, there's that. 
Yeah, you want to balance those out. <laughs> be a force for 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 good if you listen to us. Yeah. Be a force for Chad. <laughs> Uh, and we'll we'll see you next week with Professor Layton. Yes, we will. One of the one of the weirdest protagonists and character sets in games. Like, I great amounts of secret weirdness. We're, we're gonna we're gonna uh, di- we're gonna dine valuable. on this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's he's he's a real fucking weirdo. <laughs> so he's gonna get real weird with it. Uh, Umbasa. Umbasa. Umbasa.